Hey there. I just wanted to give a quick warning before it starts out that there's a little bit of audio issues at the beginning of this. Mainly my guest Rob is a little louder than I am and there's some uh, blowing into the mic. So sorry about that. It does get better later on. Um, and other than that, gee, I hope I don't embarrass myself. Now, hey, welcome to the Northern Chimp Cast. I'm Danny Conrad. Uh, I'm just and I'm Robert Wood. <laughs> I was gonna introduce you, asshole. Ruined. Fuck everything. You. Everything ruined. Yeah, this is my friend Robert Wood. He's a game designer and generally just a smart guy about uh, culture, movies. I talk to him a lot about the Marvel movies and series, uh, fantasy worlds, all kinds of stuff um, that I'm, you know, generally interested in. Um, but yeah, I thought I would do a show about the Avengers. Basically just the last two movies that, um, that have come out. That's being like, of course, Infinity War and Endgame. And I do this because I think they're kind of different from the other ones. You know, I don't know. Do you agree that they're kind of different from the other Avenger movies? Yeah, they're they're uh, they're kind of a capstone, yeah. right? You got that whole narrative arc, and uh, I mean, the ending's got to be different than the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. But I meant like structurally, the movie too is kind of different. Like, there's always a bad oh, yeah, guy. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And they they basically just have to team up and stop the bad guy. It's not all that different from a normal kind of the movie, too. But um, but I found with this one, it's like, A, the first one kind of fits. Like, there's a bad guy. Everybody has to get together to stop the bad guy. It brings everybody together to stop this bad guy. But this is different because he wins. And it kind of you kind of stop and wonder, what's the movie doing? What's it saying? Why did this guy win? Why did the others lose? What is it? And I always kind of look back and think about Infinity War. And, like, what's the purpose of it? What's the message? What's that? You know, because it's weird when you think about it. The villain, the guy everybody hates and tries to stop, you know, he basically wins in the end, you know. Yeah, it, it's a progression, though, because you, um, you get that sympathetic story, villain, right? You know? Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's a lot more sympathy for him in that one. And then the next one, though, I find is, like, in a way, it's kind of like the Avengers are the villain and that they are not actual villains, but they are instigating the action the way the villains would. They're like, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to do our thing. We're going to accomplish our goal. The same way the villain would say, you know, like Thanos did, I'm going to go and kill uh, 50%. Uh, yep. Not a percentage point more, 50% of living life in the universe. And he goes out and he does it. And typically that action actually instigates the whole movie, whether it's Thanos or it's uh, Kaecilius trying to bring Dormammu into the living world, or whether it's Whiplash who's out to get revenge on Iron Man because... Iron Man's father and Whiplash's father, yada, 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 you know, and the various antagonists often frame the entire structure of the movie and the characters themselves. So, but in Endgame, they kind of go out and do that stuff. So I thought it was different. 
But anyways, that's why uh, I there's thought. There's no, like, haunts. Are we the baddies moment? <laughs> yeah, I like that beat. But anyways, um, that's basically why I thought I'd talk about those ones and leave the other ones out. They're good movies. They're fun, but they're like the other Marvel movies. They don't always vary that much. And uh, so, They stand yeah. as points of comparison, though, right? Like, steps along a journey. Because, like, as you go towards the end game, you get characters, the, the villains that are both more, more sympathetic, like Killmonger, and that are actually doing better against the Avengers. Like, you know, instead of Loki versus the Avengers, doesn't turn out too well for Loki. Or the army that he invades with. I mean, they do pretty well yeah. for themselves. It's fairly simple, straightforward, like, okay, so alien invasion. The Avengers repel the alien invasion. But the next time, whoa, things are a little bit more difficult, you know, sort of against a uh, robot guy named yeah, Spader. It was the Ultron. Him, I was told. Um, yeah, he, he does a number on them, right? And yeah, it's after does. that the things start to really like go downhill. Like you have the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. you have the uh, sort of you have Killmonger in Wakanda, mm-hmm. and uh, then and here's the interesting part is they have like a little flashback to suddenly like boom look there's this Captain Marvel woman and she's just like flying around twenty years before anything of this happened and like look at how young Samuel L. Jackson yeah. looks. You know what you know what I like too was uh, Michael Douglas and um, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. As, oh uh, yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp, circa the eighties. I'm like, I would have loved that. Yeah, but they introduced the heist. I mean, if you're gonna have Ant Man in a film, it's gonna be a heist, right? So like, here you go. You have like a sympathetic villain because you know Thanos is like he's crazy, but he's not like a bad guy. He's okay. I mean, he's a terrible father. Yeah, he's a terrible father. He's like you know murders people and stuff. But I mean, he he seems really like he he's got a sort of certain superhero moral superiority to him, right? I yeah, mean, if he wasn't yeah, murdering he, all those people, he'd be he, a good guy. He's kind of like Bane. Um, you to compare him to other villains, he's like both a physical force to be reckoned with, who challenges, in this case, all the Avengers. In that case, it was Batman, but like he, you know, like the Joker couldn't really win in a physical fight. He often outsmarts or sets him up, or I don't, I don't really know. I don't actually read that much of it. Oh, just the, the window, actually, it. but. Um, but you know, yep. whereas Bane, it's like, uh, you know, he's got an army. He's he's got a philosophy, mainly like yep. a real like he's a real believer, kind of. Thing. Yeah, he's like doing his, things for a philosophical reason. Yeah, like what's his uh, name? Zemo. Zemo. That Zemo sets us up for that. I, I, you know what? Zemo I and Killmonger, and uh, you know, for whatever else you can say, James Spader apparently has a philosophy. I think. What was it like? I don't remember that one too well, but like Tony Stark makes him or programs him, and it's something like he has some interpretation of his mission to create peace uh, that it entails murdering the human race. I think. I think. Yeah, apparently, Ultron. like and he's a computer, so is, he's absolute in his thinking, and but it's the desire to do good, though. Like he 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 has something that he wants to achieve. Like Thanos, for example, thinks that murdering half the people in the universe mysteriously means the other half get to survive or something. Apparently, like it'll be a disaster if we just keep on eating up all the resources of the universe. So it kills half the people to save us from that fate. Yeah, I mean, I think the general gist of the narrative is that it's not actually what should happen, and it's something... like I, I think when you do a deep dive into Thanos, it's a little different. I was going to get into this eventually, but... Um, 
Well, I'm just drawing parallels between him and earlier villains, right? How there's been a progression to like leading up to this well, this much more complex guy than you would get, say, um, you know, I mean, Loki was complicated, but he wasn't like his, his motivation wasn't complicated. You know, I mean, he wanted revenge, yeah, right? He, he was a kind of a jealous dude of Thor and wanted the throne. And um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he was that complicated. Whereas with Thanos, I guess the rationalization is not that complicated. Too many people got to kill some or nobody's going to eat. Uh, we've seen that a lot before. Um, in terms of the like bad guy good. rationales, it's one of the more common ones, I think, that just like overpopulation, better best way to deal with it, genocide. Um, Funny how that happens, you like, know? And um, like you think to yourself, like, what's the worst that could happen, right? People might die. Yeah, well, see, if you had the gauntlet, you could just double the resources. So, you know, also, and I think the reality of Thanos is he's built some kind of a, like emotionally, because I think you have to take him at his word. Um, yeah, he's kind of quackers. He's not like he's not like the Joker, where it's like there's a secondary motivation. I think one of the Tha- one of the reasons the Avengers lose is because they don't take him seriously, and they think of him like the other villains. Whereas this guy will toss his daughter off a cliff to get his job done. You know what I mean? And it's like this guy is real, real deal believer. And, uh, yeah, he's a fanatic, isn't he? Right, right, right into the end. Really, he's like he even kills the stones because it's like I don't want to be tempted by that stuff. Like he, yeah, really, that's that's a that's really a weird part. Believes in it, and um, you know they kill him twice in that movie, once at the beginning and uh, then again at the end. Yeah, <laughs> Stormbreaker <laughs> cuts his head off. No. Yeah. No, right. I mean, in the interesting in, in kind of a start, in just game. like, you know, you expect they're going to take him down, and they do, and it's just like, you know, you just kind of sit there with the guilt, and the sort of, none of it mattered, because he already did the snap, and, you know. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that was emotionally what they wanted to start off on, and obviously that the, uh, the Avengers had all had to deal with the damage, you know, of having lost in some way. You know, yeah, mind um, you, speaking back to the, the uh, developing really things, hmm? what was that you said about the uh, how they begin that movie with the um, with the song? You know, instead oh, of the usual well, I mentioned Marvel, that before uh, we started. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, that's for Endgame. Um, I think so. We're starting with Infinity War, no, like projecting ahead to end. We have to like take it for I think, itself. I think people have seen the guy instead of like art found artifact. So oh, like, I mean, I I would spoil it for them even if we weren't talking about Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, I don't even know why people care about spoilers in 2021, but you know, I know there's some probably somebody like, out there who does. It's just like welcome to the end of time, man. Yeah, well, good to have someone to talk to at it, right? But um, but yeah, I think Infinity War has the typical Marvel fanfare, the big, really uh, exciting orchestral. Uh, sound. Oh I'm yeah, not which... try to hum it for you guys or anything, but like it's really uh, endearing. It always runs the Marvel logo. Will our heroes rise to the occasion this yeah. time? Well, well, I mean, this is just fanfare. This is just like they want you to get pumped because the movie's about to start. You know, it's just a baseline oh, yeah. kind of, um, you know, similar to Star Wars too. You know, every, lots of oh, movies yeah. do this kind of thing. They have their little the franchise thing, right? Yeah. 
but for for Endgame, they don't. They actually have this like song I called "Dear Mister Fi- uh, Fantasy," which I had never heard oh, before. Yeah. Didn't know anything about. It's from a band called Traffic. You ever hear of that? Honestly, no. Yeah, I've. I think I've heard reference to it, and I probably have heard from it uh, sometime. But it is pretty pretty late back there. Uh, yeah, it was recorded on their first album, I guess, called called Mr. Fantasy. The song okay. is Dear Mr. Okay. Fantasy on the same album, obviously. Um, I wish I listened to the whole album, but, but generally I just... Um, I think the, the song is like... I don't know, it's not depressing or anything, but it's definitely kind of somber especially when you compare it to the Marvel fanfare, which is like the most exciting orchestral 10 or 15 seconds oh, you, yeah. can, you can hope for. Um, but yeah, it says, um, it says, yeah, let me get out the lyrics here. Yeah, it's, the lyrics are just like, Dear Mr. Fantasy, play us a tune, something to make us all happy. Do anything, take us out of this gloom, sing us a song, play guitar, make it snappy. You are the one who can make us all laugh, but doing that, you break out in tears. Please don't be sad. If it was a straight mind you had, we wouldn't have known you all these years. And that's like the first um, kind of like lyrics you hear. The first thing you see is actually Hawkeye with his family, just doing normal family stuff. And then... The now Thanos that's only the happens. galaxy, yeah, yeah, and uh, and his whole family just kind of disappears, and I guess it really wanted to take you into what that's like and how much people have lost, because like, geez, your whole family—he looks like he had five, like four kids and a wife, you know? Like, what yeah, are the that odds, man? Like, geez, like you find him on a murder rampage later hate, in the movie. Why do you hate Clint Barton, Thanos? Geez, like fifty percent of the planet, my ass. Random, but, yeah. You gotta wonder how random is that fifty yeah, percent? Yeah, and the, and then it launches into this song that is not like particularly depressing, but it's like, and I and I wonder about that. Like, I just don't. It doesn't fit. It's very different. And I I look at those lyrics. It's very abstract. So, like, what do you think? Who is Mister Fantasy? In this instance, in the song, I'm sure they meant something else, but like. In this case, in Endgame, who who do you think? Honestly, um, I'd say Stan Lee. That's that's that was my inclination too. Yeah, right. On the, I mean, didn't he pass away like uh, before the second one was released or something? Yeah, before Captain Marvel. Really? Think, so, yeah. in fact, way before Infinity War, eh? I think in Captain Marvel, the Marvel thing is all his cameos. Instead of seeing, like, all the, the Hulk punching dudes or, like, <clears throat> I don't know, the oh, Falcon okay. flying around or massive explosions, just Stan Lee cameos. And I, I think that's because he had passed away. I, I don't have the exact timeline. but Mind uh, you, he was the writer on Captain uh, Marvel. It would have been weird if he'd passed away and they hadn't done such homage. Well, he probably homage. wrote that movie three years before it fucking came out, right? <laughs> yeah, also true. Mind yeah. you, I mean, uh, doesn't mean they don't change things in uh, post-production, right? Sometimes, like, yeah, for sure. something happens and yeah. they keep it in the movie. Yeah. Smart Hulk was supposed to be in the Infinity War, but they just felt it didn't emotionally work, that there was this big victory before they fought Thanos and completely lost and just didn't feel right, That I guess they said. 
I listened to some of the commentary. Oh, yeah, the they had to like go back and redo it, didn't they? Yeah, you can tell if you know. Was, you can yeah. probably check. There's enough CGI, you just don't notice. And like, uh, I mean, that's why they needed the Hulk suit to sort of make Mark Ruffalo sort of, uh, yeah, to fit, fit so he could punch Thanos and stuff because he wasn't, you know. Bruce Banner couldn't do that. Mind you, the suit makes it that, like what's his name? You know how that big dude gets killed? You mean? But, I mean, I, think I, his I name suppose is it's not Call killed. Obsidian. I only know this because I looked up Wikipedia. Dude, the 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 children of Thanos names like Gamora and Nebula is just like that. that that's nothing. This guy's got like Call Obsidian, Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight. And I don't know. Corbis Midnight something. is a lovely name for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> My own daughter is Lilith Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. You should yes. have stuck a Midnight in there. Would have been a ultra yeah, angelic I think, yeah, maybe, maybe like Perdita or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Well, your She's daughter hates you. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, she thinks I'm great. Yeah. yeah. But, anyways, like, that's mainly what I thought was like it's. Well, first of all, I think the director said that it was meant to just like sort of be a nod to the whole fantasy, like the whole series, or just like the whole Marvel personality. It's kind of a fantasy theory series, I guess. But I think on another level, it's about Thanos. Thanos is Mr. Fantasy. Really? Yeah, because he, he has all the power to of a god. Look what he does with it, when you think about it. Yeah, kind of wasted, you know I mean? doesn't you, you? You can't be happy, you know? Everybody wants you to sing a song or play guitar. I mean, I don't think anybody actually expects him to do that, but, like, you know, he can't. I can see that. I think, really, like... Thanos whole... wearing a cardigan at an open mic night, you know, pouring out his heart. Yeah. You probably have, like, a little mustache and shit. Yeah, make it happen, Josh Brolin. But, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, I think if you look at the 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 philosophy he has, I think it is just something that um, it's like a bandage over a wound that's not going to heal. It's like this is something you do to not confront like like this thing yeah, happened to your really planet, hear. and you kind of expect it's going to happen everywhere else, and then you have to go and do this stuff, and you know. Um, like, and he's who the hurt only Thanos? one who gets it. Nobody else understands. You know, like Gamora basically yells at him when he, she's when he's telling him like, "There's too many mouths to feed. Maybe it needs correction. Somebody has to come." It's like you don't know that. You mm-hmm. know, the rational, like the voice of rationality in Thanos's worship is like, you don't know this shit, dude. And that, <laughs> um, yeah. Ultimately, I think that's. Like there's something emotional about him. You don't have to like. There's a reality you don't have to confront because you believe mm-hmm. this thing, kind of. And that, um, you know, if you were, you know, and like, um, first of all, something happened to his planet. He's projecting it will happen elsewhere. He's looked at planets like Gamora's and he said, "Look, your planet is a paradise." Now that I've come there and murdered all these douchebags. <laughs> you know, so he's projecting that this fixes things. And, um... He seems empirically confident. Yeah. And it just, like, it's just like, you don't know this stuff. Like, you know, who's to say exactly, or, you know, because you murdered these people. Like, um... But, yeah, I think you have to take it seriously, as silly as it sounds. 
That is the kind mm-hmm. of like way these movies work. These are the kind of villains they make. These are the kind of logical rationales they employ. You know, so um, yeah, and they even make it a point, a real point. He doesn't lie. <laughs> he doesn't lie. You know. Well, here's the thing. Remember, have you read the comics? Do you remember the Infinity you know, War I comics? The Wikipedia of it. It sounds pretty nutty. But I don't yeah, know. I mean, you're not missing much if you just read the Wikipedia instead. But the original reason why he did this was because he wanted to uh, send a little Winky emoticon to death. Yeah, some kind of that was his like entire yeah, like, like his, his concept wasn't saving of people. He just wanted to of yeah. death, like right. He wanted to have sex with death. He like yeah. wanted to like. Yeah, so, like, the whole, like, have you ever noticed he's kind of crazy? Like, I mean, I wish they talked more about that in the movie, you know? I I don't know. Like, when you get into that kind of cosmic kind of rationalization with characters like Thor, you know? Like, the whole thing with the hammer is kind of like, um... Less is more? No, no, I mean, like, for, like, yeah, I mean, I like it, too. But, like, it's kind of like, okay, so this hammer has this power, and he's strong enough to take the blunt of a sun like the power of a sun shooting through him oh yeah um but then he needs the axe and it can summon the bifrost and it's all this like conan mystic stuff that's kind of like i don't even gotta kind of piece it together i don't know where i was going yeah but but it's it's generally what like thor goes through i don't mind that's the problem no that's thor that's like he's a norse god that's what he would you know yeah he's got to go on a road like prophecy he'd be living out in a thor movie right he has to go and yep. get the mystical hammer to defeat the fucking um, douchebagius of the swamp of uh, douchebag. You know, doesn't even question it. He's really good at it, guy. You want him on your side, but um, but yeah, I think that's kind of and that's kind of where I would put that. Oh, it's the cosmic entity of death. It's like, well, it's just some abstract kind of personification or day of like you know. I just look at it the way. Neil Gaiman would if he was writing a comic book about it or some shit. It's like, okay, cosmic death, that means like figuratively some godlike entity empowered by death kind of and watches like you know what I mean? Like um so I don't take that stuff literally. Like the hammer no, uh, and the whole like in uh, the hammer can Neil kill Gaiman? Thanos, nothing else can. I'm like, I don't even understand, but sure, you know. In the Sandman for Neil Gaiman, and Sam death was a particular person. Mm. Yeah, death was very much embodied. Yeah, death was yeah, death's a character, literally a character. Yeah. And in the original Marvel comics, yes, death was a character. I, I, I presume they're kind of different, but mm. uh, but that's kind of how I would analyze just from reading the Wikipedia article on that. I'm like, okay, it must be. I yeah, very Thanos different takes on more death cosmic, as a one. Whereas in the movies, it's like, well, he has a lot of abilities. He gets from the gauntlet that are kind of super powered and stuff but yeah but I think he himself main, is pretty super powered. Yeah, like like he is a man of of the world right he's just a normal guy who is really strong really big and you know really determined you can like basically. beat the crap out of the hulk can like outthink yeah. the avengers can like you know just do your regular ordinary like you know crazy person yeah yeah he can do a lot of a lot <laughs> of crazy stuff but let me get back to my notes here to yeah, I kind of mentioned this before, but like, how is it different from the the other Avenger movies? How does how does like Infinity War and Endgame both differ? What do you think? 
that uh well just to get back to uh, what's the i think infinity infinity war differs in that uh they they set up for this like a big for this big battle but this time the enemy is is an alien enemy like you know the spaceships show up in new york and suddenly boom like mm-hmm. don't embarrass me in front of the wizards like oh wow you know so a gigantic line. spaceship Yep. Yeah, if a spaceship showed up like that, like any other movie, like that would be like the final scene when a ship that huge arrives like near a planet like that, right? So like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, giant ship shows up. That's what they're been working towards the whole movie, you mm-hmm. know, sort of giant ship shows up in yep. um, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. I mean, there's not too many of these movies with giant spaceships in them. Thor 2, they had that one, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, the Dark Elf ship, that thing yeah, was gorgeous. Yeah. A lot of people forgot that movie, but um, oh, I no, actually like you're it. Right. I think it's uh, pretty okay. I don't know why it gets so much shit. Just Marvel fans, I guess. Ragnarok. They have ships there. Ragnarok's That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, so you know Taika Waititi? Yeah. Taika yeah. Waititi was in Green Lantern. Hmm? But the like the actor director. Yeah. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in Green Lantern. Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that. I didn't realize who he was, and then I, right? Later, he, he wasn't like Sophie. Yeah, mm-hmm. like him and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds practically had to yeah, apologize he, for it. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. I kind of wish they make more of it, but whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah, my my twelve year old son described it as mediocre. I think in hindsight it would be, you know, just because like, when was that made? Like twenty twelve. Like where where were yeah, comic book movies? That was just the first Avengers movie, you know. I mean, you go back like the original Spider Man trilogy was amazing when it came out. The third one was a little questionable, yep. but <laughs> you know you compare them to the modern ones, and they they have a lot of issues. They're a lot more slow. They do they take mm-hmm. a long time with the drama, though. They really flesh out Peter Parker. But anyways, to get to like. Mainly how these Avenger movies differ is like I think Infinity War is like about how and why they fail in many ways more than it is like you know oh in previous movies they they succeeded because they all pulled together as a team right yeah and like and this when, time they all pulled together as a team and boom well, well, it doesn't work to be, out to be fair there's a lot of points when they could have stopped them or things could have gone differently mm-hmm. right. They just never, um, never came together. Quill um, with the gauntlet, they almost had it off. And mm-hmm. when else was there? There's actually a lot, really, when you really add them all up. Uh, Thor not going for the head. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a comedy of errors, right? Holding back the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Well, she... of deploying her right off. That sickening sense of mercy that they have. I don't remember. I don't know exactly what you mean, but remember uh, what's his name? Okoye. Sort of. Uh, they're trying to fight off the huge alien horde, right? Yeah. Which is apparently just like a scouting force, and uh, so the alien horde has these weird, like, giant collections of wheels that like mow down anything yeah, in their path. Yeah. I, I know. This Once you say like the mow down, they're they're like the pe- the giant people mowers. Yeah, and she, she jumps <laughs> down to save. Uh... Black Widow yeah. and uh, Okoye. Okoye, yeah. He's like, where? What? Like, 
we had her around and I'm here with a spear? Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. Okoye is so funny. You know? yeah, the, oh, she's great. The, the, the girls of Black Panther are actually pretty funny. Man, sure. I, totally I remember think... watching that movie and thinking, like, I didn't even pay much attention to uh, Chadwick Bossman, dude. I don't know. Too bad he passed away. Well, he had to be the hero, right? But, but like I thought, his sister was hilarious. Um, Okoye always had these jokes. Didn't like wearing a wig. That was funny. He was, what was it? He was known as the Marvel hero who didn't quip. uh, I don't know. He was still funny. Like like what makes these Marvel heroes kind of is just being kind of funny and charismatic and entertaining. Having positive kind of... um, personalities you know i don't know if it's necessary that he has the quips so much as he's just funny and entertaining like ant-man mm. doesn't quip so much as makes fun of himself but it just works he's hilarious you know i kind of get annoyed when people give him so much shit in these movies but they kind of do all shit on scott lang ironically because he didn't go off thanos's ass yeah, well, we're all angry about that, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Unforgivable. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're all main... disappointed in that. <laughs> yeah, but I think mainly with Infinity War, it's that like, yeah, like I say, it's about the Avengers losing. Why? Um, you know, I don't like. It's kind of about Thanos and why he's succeeds, but it's you don't really understand everything about him or why he's doing these things or I actually have a lot of questions yeah I have a lot of questions about his motivations like because it just his explanations like I say don't really cover it and and it just seems like the whole thing he does is to try and um, get around certain other realizations like you need to believe these places need you to come and call out half the population and so you can save them like you need to believe that nobody else wants to yep. believe that nobody like nobody told you and you believe you're completely alone nobody else sees it nobody else is going to do it you know hmm. like um you know and like i say you have to like take them at their at their value like as they present themselves you know as ridiculous as that sounds it's a basic philosophy he has but uh, mm-hmm. yeah I like when he shows Gamora the knife to demonstrate the metaphor of balance too much to one side and too much to the other, and it'll. But this knife is perfectly balanced. And behind her, there's two different rows of people, and they basically decide to kill one of them. So that visually, you have two rows of people. It's completely even, symmetrical, right? But then they yep. shoot one, and they kill everybody, and it's completely non-symmetrical now. And he just kind of shoves, like, baby Gamora, or like, I think she's a kid. I think she'd be like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Like an eight or nine-year-old human yep. girl. It's a green alien woman, but mm-hmm. he's just like, no, no, don't look at that. Just focus on the knife to make sure it's, you know. And I thought that mm-hmm. was a good way of, like, visual storytelling kind of thing. No, agreed. That um, yeah, um, the metaphor of the knife too much balanced with the kind of perverse reality of that philosophy behind her and just kind of don't pay attention to it. Pay attention to the knife. No. You know, really this philosophy is not balanced at all <laughs> in so many ways. It 
doesn't make any. Who directed uh, Infinity War? Do we remember that? Was that something like we've looked well, up? Anthony, whoever directed Anthony and Joe Russo. It's two brothers. Oh, they directed it uh, directly themselves. Russo brothers. Both of them did. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of they, the reasons why it like, works uh, the way it does. Like you know, really, you need. Um, you know, Along uh, with Kevin Feige, they they like developed a universe though. They've been like organizing behind the scenes like the whole ever since like Iron Man, right? I, I don't know how long they've been there. I think they picked them up for that Captain America sequel. Uh, oh, yeah. and that did really well. I remember hearing that they were hired to do the next movie, and that movie yeah. hadn't come out yet. And I'm like, that must be something. You know, this must hmm. be some Captain America too that they. For Disney to put their money where their mouth is like that when the no, movie yeah. hasn't even been proved that it can sell, you know. It's... But uh, my idea, they seem to have won that bet. Well, I think that, I think really they just know how to make action sequences. Like they seem like technical directors with a lot of good writing behind them, more than they're like mm -hmm. visionaries, like you know, like Zack Snyder, for example, or like you know, or like you know, like they don't. The whole Marvel kind of thing is like anybody can come in and make a Marvel movie, and when you think about it, it's designed that way. The whole, the whole universe and everything about it. And so, yeah. I think, now that's a weird thing about superhero movies, right? Is that yeah. um, when, like, at, yeah. at this point, we don't have the visionaries yeah. anymore. We want competent directors like who what, deliver what, a superhero what, story. What's, right? What Snyder tried to do was kind of a visionary thing, and in a lot of ways, it, it didn't pan out because it's like look Zach you can't have other people come in and make a DC movie and then other people make a DC and expect this like emotional tone that you've created to be consistent like these Marvel movies like anybody can come in they're not inconsistent emotionally tonally like they don't it's a much more uh, flexible like, universe. But like when you're when you're doing this like Superman movie where he has to confront aspects about reality he's never done before and how people judge, it's like, look, this is just sensitive and difficult to handle. Like you know, mm -hmm. because like Marvel is caught in candy, kind of stupid, doesn't go to this place, <clears throat> you know, doesn't go there, doesn't think it. You know, Civil War is absurd because it barely analyzes like what the Avengers' actual political ramifications would be. It'd be catastrophic. <laughs> It'd be ten times worse than what Superman dealt with. But Marvel just kind of doesn't go there. It doesn't, you know. And they make kind of an emotional sense. You know, I remember mm -hmm. in that movie, there's like a black woman who comes up to pressure Tony Stark because her son oh, yeah. went to. I just thought it's it's like they saved the world in that movie, <laughs> but this woman yep. can't get over her son. You know, and it's just like it, it's just so weird. The, but if it you was know, your son, you might because feel differently. The, sorry, what? If it was your son, you might feel differently. Yeah, probably, probably. But you know, my point <laughs> is, um, these mo fun movies function mo emotionally, and that just kind of informs wow. you of the emotional action. Why people people yeah. are uncomfortable with the Avengers? Don't go too far. Don't think about it. Just kind of look at this sad thing that happened for a while. Let it affect you and let it take you on the the kind of narrative ride. But if you really thought about a lot of this stuff, it's like, you know, Tony Stark brings a kid into a, fun, like, a war, you know. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of, like, moral weirdness in them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... 
how much like looking at like superhero movies in general, how much longer do you think they'll stick around? Why do you think they they've lasted as long as they have? And like and yeah, how how much longer do you think they'll stick around? Do you think they're like a trend or do you think they're here to stay? I think they're here to stay with yeah. the caveat like, that uh, they're going to make they're going to get harder to make. Because people want well, that sort of like series, like that. Um, have you tried yeah, being they, a They want that long today. form series. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they they get harder to make. So I think that the see that's the weird thing about superhero movies, right? Is they started off like with Mystery Men and with yeah. um, like just uh, all all the versions of superheroes that made it to the screen in the sort of early days. They were like. You know, either really like counterculture comics or, you know, like uh, American Splendor or you get like, um, you know, something a bit more like cerebral and stuff because like, mm-hmm. you know, are people really going to sit through like two hours of explosion sure. and people do like using super, super hero dialogue? And it's like, it turns out, sure, like superhero dialogue can be snappy and fun and entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, right? I think... Um... Like, make it a clever movie, entertain us, throw little jokes at us, like, you know, wink yeah. at us, like, you know, show us some, like, gigantic explosions, you know? Yeah, it's it's a pretty basic formula in a lot of ways, and it's not weird that it works as well as it does. I think it's here to stay, too. And I think the... Um, I don't know how good that's going to be, but I think um, the reality of the superhero comics is that they are just superhero movies, is that they make really good movies in a lot of ways. The basic narrative yep. storytelling bones in these stories is really strong, translates to the screen well. Um, and if you've just read a four-comic arc, you realize it's basically the perfect size for a movie, too. So there's just a lot of things about them. Uh, alt, you know, larger universes. I think a lot of people are sleeping on larger universes. I can't believe... Oh, yeah, people thought, have been trying to do that. You know what I've been thinking about lately, I was going to mention, was like... I can't believe nobody has done a cinematic universe of slashers, like 80s slashers, like Friday the 13th, Halloween. There's been crossovers. No, no, I don't. They no, had I like. Don't, I don't mean like. I don't mean like actually get Michael Myers and actually get Jason Voorhees and actually get them all together. Like you know, it's like no, that's all tied up. I don't know why anybody doesn't make their own independent horror, like slasher universe, like make the MCU but with cheap slasher effects. I think people you know, have done I, that, and we just haven't heard of them because they're really niche. Are they? Really? I guess horror movies are kind of on the out. Yeah, streaming has changed shit where, really, but like, um, but I think actually cinematic universes in general is something that like is valuable in itself in a way that people are just kind of oh, yeah. figuring it out. Like they shit on DC for making Harley Quinn. I'm like, I don't think it's stupid to make Harley Quinn. If they made two more of them, I'd be like, cool. If they were similar quality, I'd be like, cool. I'll watch all of them, you know, like, you know, it's just like, especially comics... your streaming service, they're going to chain them one after the other, you know, you watch Superman, maybe you'll like Harley Quinn, you know, whatever. It's like, uh, so that's something I'm thinking of too. I don't know why you know, nobody, I think nobody comics... else tries to do it, you know. Godzilla, I think comics kind of pioneered that. I think comics pioneered that sort of like long, like never ending series storytelling, you know where what? you tell as many stories you, as you like, know you know, the horror, itself, right? You know what? Actually, the horror movies did it first with Dracula versus Mummy versus, you know, oh, Elvira. Yeah. Yeah. They no, actually the, uh, predate the comics, I think, oh, even. To it be was honest. like RC. Oh, yeah. 
serialized storytelling, man. But like, uh, yeah, have you noticed the convergence of serialized storytelling recently? You know, you get like, you get convergence. Well, mo- movies are merging towards a more serialized form of entertainment. Oh, yeah. And yeah, TV that. series are likewise moving towards a more serialized yep. form of entertainment. You know, and everything's yep. a series or an extended universe or, a, you know, sort of whatever else. You know, you, you got to come up with a universe that you can sort of milk for these stories. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe there's, there's going to be more of it coming soon. Because Marvel really doesn't do much with it when you think about it. Because like it kind of just explains everything you need to know for the movie you see, and it doesn't actually put any trust in the viewer to keep up with previous movies. And so it doesn't really do much of this shared universe kind of like potential. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think basically because the the superheroes are are basically just character sketches, mm-hmm. and they are here's this person, here's their values. And they, how am I going to put this? I sound like a fucking idiot. But like, the, I'm kind of making an idiot of myself, but like, you know, in terms of basic, like, storytelling, the, okay, now it comes back to the monomyth. You know what that is, right? The yep. monomyth? Yeah. Totally. Yep. Uh, to give a basic, because I don't really fully understand it, but the monomyth is basically a story whereby, like, certain elements of storytelling are kind of uh, common between all movies, you know, and they, yep. you see similar progressions in characters. And when you look at it, it's things like um, understanding what the normal world is, a call to action, refusal to action, and then you can't go home anymore. It's like now you have to go to action. And sometimes you might skip one. Like maybe he will just sign right up, but sometimes they're reluctant and then something happens and then they have to do it. You know, like uh, Luke Skywalker doesn't want to become a Jedi. Um, He's kind of scared of this Obi-Wan Kenobi guy, but then he's, his aunt and uncle were killed. Well, you can't go back home, Luke Skywalker. You have to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo to, he's radicalized, you know, go and kiss your sister in next year. And other exciting stuff. Indulge in questionable behavior. Yeah, yeah. Fight the empire. Thanks, George Lucas. You know, we all needed that. And I think really, like, when you look at the the basic common storytelling elements is you you recognize you have a power and you learn to use it through, through um, adversity, through failing, or through succeeding. And it is not actually a superhero type thing. Because Spider-Man gets powers, and he has to learn to use them, and he kind of fails. And then, you know, he his first failure is, like, uh, just letting that guy go. Then he finds out, oh my god, the guy I let go just killed my Uncle Ben. You know, and after he gave me the speech about uh, great power, great responsibility, it really instills in him that he has a power, and he needs to, you know, use responsibility when he's, you know, dead. And that kind of basic Spider-Manning it up, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, sent him along his quest. And I think that that kind of superheroes are basically just that storytelling with some, you know, special effects and some kind now, here's of and it's an extension ever... of their personality. Like you know that Spider-Man has these powers 
what it really teaches Peter Parker is that, like, you know, you can be really cool, but there's consequences for what you do. You're becoming kind of an asshole. Now Mary Jane doesn't like you. And, you know, that's kind of the character development that it puts him through. You know, and these special superpowers just kind of, like, make it more fun and more childish-like. But the core story is just the kind of thing you were seeing movies about since forever, you know? Yep. Like a guy comes of age, gets a girlfriend, and things kind of are good for a bit. Then they get worse, meets somebody else. He starts to recognize his value, uh, makes a decision to leave that defines him as a person. And it's just like, and it isn't actually that different from these kind of comic books, kind of, uh, kind of storytelling. And it just sort of... Um, so yeah, that's my kind of what I think of it. That it actually fits into like movies in a way beyond just comic books or superpowers or special effects or all the things that people think of them as, uh, you know, what makes them fake, what makes them popcorn, what makes them kind of silly. It's like it, mm-hmm. it, it also has this kind of way of storytelling that is just common yep. amongst all films and always has been. And even romance films, kind of, you know? And you can make a superhero movie out of just almost anything. You're just sprinkling, like, superpowers, you know? Well, like, that's uh, kind of neat, like uh, Steve Rogers' superpowers. Think of how amorphously defined the superpowers are in Marvel movies. They just have them, and they just go with them, and they kind of change, like the Scarlet Witches as you go through the movies, depending on, you know, what kind of story you want to tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think the best superhero movies, the the powers reflect the the character within you know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of an extension of their personality. And for that reason, I think actually superheroes may actually be around for way longer than, um, you know, like Spielberg would compare them to the Western. It's just like, mm-hmm. look, the Western was just appealing for a while as a setting, you know, it's like, whereas this is just like, look, this is just a way you can tell a ton of different stories, you know, it's like, you don't have to like Star Trek, but, uh, a show that takes place on a ship that goes from planet to planet solving problems can tell a million different stories until the end of, you know, until the end Mm. of your grandchildren's lives, you can be watching stories about a spaceship going from planet to planet. You don't have to like it, but it's a really great uh, medium for telling, uh, you know, stories. And I think superheroes have a similar thing. It's like, look, you can just keep making these kind of movies, you know, like they'll just... You know, mm-hmm. but uh, whether or not the world really goes that way, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's also a capacity to expand into wrestling with it. Uh, sorry, was it? I think there's also uh, like a strong overlap between like wrestling and superhero movies. I guess yeah, the fighting is kind of similar. It's a kind of fake. Right, but like yeah. it's it, almost like you could you could base a wrestling show on like a set of an evolving story like that, right? I mean that that's the wrestling thing is like you know the wrestlers have a few the wrestlers so will interfere with that like you know they have this like whole sort of thing that goes on and it all it is is just pretext for like the same like weird cycle of this like um what they've decided an exciting fight looks like. 
or an yeah. exciting encounter. Yeah. And they're trying to build in a lot more like less like, um, mm -hmm. you know, wear and tear. Like they try to build in a whole lot of like talking segments, right? The funniest part of wrestling is when they just like, mm -hmm. when they start doing their like trash talking stuff, they, you know, some idiot stands there yeah. with a microphone I, I, and reacts I to them. Dude, I would have told you The Rock was going to be famous two decades before. If you watch this guy in wrestling, he was so charismatic, so funny. Like him going yeah, to movies but he's, was the he's most always a superhero thing. Imagining he's like a natural superhero. Well, yeah, they also do a lot of steroids, Doc. <laughs> but uh, also true. Well, yeah, I wouldn't know personally. Thing. The physical form, like the physical, it turns kind out of intimidation factor. Just the big physical dude is part of the the superheroes so yeah as it turns out you can actually bulk up fairly easily just by eating protein after you work out i don't know yeah exactly. it's weirdly effective for sure anyways let me ask you of the last two avengers yep which one was yep. your favorite what do you think if you had to pick one of the last two and why no <sighs> you know what i'm gonna have to say infinity war yeah. even though i thought that uh, it was it's best one. resolved I, man, the the whole like Thor's epic journey that was awesome. Yeah, that was just that was really freaking cool. rad. I mean, I kind of wish he hadn't missed at the end, but I'm like, huh, that's what killing you know, they, they, means. <laughs> like, all right, well, turns out that the guy who could wield the god hammer is also like too dumb to realize like you know his own impending death, and that he only stumbles from stumbles from one crisis to another by being able to smash that crisis to bits with his bare hands. A man who's yeah, obviously never lost a headbutting contest with a Mack truck. You know? And yeah. I've lived he had to characters. Years, I've killed on. twice as many men as that. You know? So, like, yeah. so far, so good. Yeah, Thor is a pretty pretty likable character. I, uh, but that was just it in the second movie, though. I mean, like... Well, I, 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 I think there's nothing for him to he, do. His character development was rough, man. Well, that's just it. Thor is like they, they the other end of the spectrum. It's like they did him the dirtiest. You're you're kind of right. He he seems to be the most hurt by. But you know what? That makes snap. like. Though his, I think, that, I think, that I think the, the whole love too. Like people don't yeah. say it, but like the the dude goes into the gamma radiation lab for eighteen months, comes out, and now he's a giant green guy. It's like something's. Yeah, I think there's a low key plot about him and Natasha, like. Hey, listen, you know, bringing like, out like that old, like, third to... Hulk character. Sorry, what? So, it's kind of neat that um, in the comics, the, like, that melding of Banner and uh, the Hulk uh, is actually a third character. Like, you, the you smart Hulk is, like, know, um, yeah. yeah. So, t it's kind of a great way for superhero movies to go, like, hey, wait a second. You know, sort of, you can do a superhero movie, like any movie in which people are going through their own dreams. Yeah. So if Banner is wandering through his subconscious, like, you know, exploring his subconscious alongside various hulks that are like living inside of him, hmm. then, uh, like, uh, you get this Patrol wonderful opportunity. in that Doom Patrol yeah. episode, if you saw that one. Right. Where, like, there's all yeah, the or, uh, personalities. It's like a superhero yeah, it takes, with. Yeah, it takes the Hulk thing. Yeah, it, it takes the Hulk thing and kind of puts it right in Doctor Strange territory, you know? Doctor Strange, though, is mysteriously absent. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't know those comics, so I can't really say. <clears throat> what I was saying was, like, um, I think also, like, Hulk seems like he's outward. He's really doing well. It seems like he's gotten over all the Hulk issues, but at the same time, like... It just seems weird what he did to to get there. Like, now he's the Hulk all the time. 
you know? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think part of this is they want Mark Ruffalo to come back, and he's just getting too old to be, you know, Bruce Banner. He's even said so. It's mm. like, look, I, you know, he's getting on 50-something. It's like, um, but yeah, you know, they always yeah, imply... It's quite the regime. Hmm? What? And apparently it's quite the regime for sort of working out, and I can't imagine that they've you know, Ruffalo wouldn't sort of go through a similar regime. I mean, that guy's in pretty good shape. I don't know. I don't, don't, uh, don't check it. But anyways, there was a thing between the Hulk and, uh, Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. Like they were always, <laughs> ever since the second movie, I guess, really, they were always implying that they were really into each other. They really liked each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think like, I think there might have been they were a, just really good friends. Yeah, like it never goes that far. The Hulk has a girlfriend in his own comic, so I was always like, I don't know how far this is gonna go. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's um, but anyways, like, I think it was kind of a thing. Like, he goes and he does that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when you're really into somebody and it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. and you both yep. still really liked each other, but something, something somewhere's went wrong. I don't, I don't really know, but like. Yep. And it just seems like he goes to do this thing to deal with it. And I don't think, I guess you could say Black Widow's going to her job to deal with things. But like, mm-hmm. I think there's kind of a little something there that like you can tell in the scenes that like they recognize that there was, you know, and the trauma reminds you too, like he's gone through this thing, he's gotten to this point. Oh, yeah. And it just kind of reminds you of what he went through to get there, that like... You know, similar to Thanos, it's like, it seems like you, you know, you went and solved this problem, Bruce, because you didn't want to confront, you know, the, you know, mm. what you were missing out on, or that things didn't work with, with uh, Scarlett Johansson and stuff, you know? And then I think, like, <laughs> later on, she sacrifices herself, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Just kind of like, I don't think, and I think really in, in some that. ways, I think there was sort of a, you know what, I, maybe I just thought this and I kind of made the story in my head, but that was like kind of a thing I thought. I don't think they ever openly like actually acknowledge that uh, through the dialogue. But you can hmm. tell like after she dies, he throws the bench, he's like, we've got to make it worth it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I always thought that's kind of like, you know, he went through his thing to deal with it. It's like, you know... And then she does that. It's like, no, we got to make it worth it. You know, he's, but yeah, anyways, I don't really know. It was an interesting little catch 22 though. I mean, you know, you're obviously going to sacrifice yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like even in the Hulk movie, he was dating a Arwen, you know, Liv Tyler or something. And it's like, I don't know how long this Scarlett Johansson shit's going to go, but. Oh, I don't know. Liv Tyler was a scientist. Yeah. Uh, what's her daughter name? of Betty, his arch enemy? Betty Ross or something. Betty Ross. Yeah, yeah that's that's his girlfriend. There, you, know. you know, but uh, let me see. I know, eating on a steady girlfriend, huh? What a bastard! Let me see. So, uh, I started watching Infinity War mm-hmm. the other night because I was like, "Hey, I should probably like I don't know, watch this thing or something, right?" But you've seen and it so before, I'm right? It. You mean I have seen it before, yeah, but I mean yeah. my memory's not perfect. Yeah, there's a lot that happens, like a three-hour movie i prefer yeah. infinity war too no well that's the fascinating thing right is that uh, i, you I think just like, like that they lose you know just well yeah you, you think the loss would, yeah no the loss starts like at it. the beginning of the movie 
the movie is all about loss. Like the very first thing, what happens? Hulk loses a fight. Uh, Thor like loses Asgard basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that if Heimdall loses his life, it's like, Hey, look at this. It's like not five minutes into the movie. And like, you know, yeah. Thanos has already like inflicted yeah. defeats. Yeah, the and it goes on from there. Like Thor's really like he's really that was a, a huge yeah. blow to his confidence. Yeah. yeah, I said before that, that he um, they did him dirty. Like he's he seems to have reacted to the trauma worse than anybody else. But he has lost a lot, uh, a lot more. He's oh failed. Oh my his god! People. Yeah. Like they really emphasize just like how much he's lost. You know, like yeah. rockets mm-hmm. thanked him. Like so, you know, how's it going? And he's like, ship. well, you know. I, I've lost, you know, ship, lost my father, my brother, my, you know, he just goes this long, long line yeah. of everything oh, he's that? lost. Yeah, the the pet yeah. talk, got to be the captain. Yeah, he says, you know, yeah, they do a lot with a little. I, yeah, I thought Rocket and Thor and Groot was just a great combination because I think one of the things you you think about with the Avengers is who are they going to mix up. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that's like good I remember yeah. at the end of Infinity War, I'm like, in Endgame, we get Nebula and Iron Man, and I'm like, really? You know what I mean? That's that's out of this yeah. world. That's like, I don't think they really did that much. I guess they, I mean, well, no, you know what they did? They did. They did have a few scenes. It's funny. Like, I do um, see. I see Karen uh, Gillum's uh, face around more. I saw. What was it? There yeah. was some movie she was in, and um, uh, what was it? Something on Amazon that I was looking at. No, I don't know. Apparently, she's like turning this into sort of acting success. Oh, cool. uh, Good for her. Well, Marvel, you know, they. they, um, Well, that's just it. She's like unrecognizable in the makeup, right? I mean, you do kind of recognize it. She has a very round face. um, Yeah, she is. That's a good point. But I don't know. Maybe she should just like be painted blue for the rest of her career, you know? I'd be okay with that. Yeah, well. I don't know if there's exactly a career in that, Rob. But, but yeah, speaking no, of... Never yeah. But um, speaking of, like, the trauma and stuff that it deals, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, like, a real thing in Endgame that everybody seems to have accumulated some kind of trauma. You know, and it isn't just, oh, yeah. like... I mentioned there was a thing with uh, Natasha and the Hulk and that they both had their trauma and they both dealt with it and there was, like, a bit of a narrative there in that there's, like, a little sub-narrative. But really, everybody has some kind of trauma they're dealing with. In well, they have a loss. Some of them Every deal with it better than others, right? Yeah, like mm. Cap- Captain seems pretty okay, but, you know. No, um, he he's had to, like, hide in the shadows, man. He's had to be, like, on the run and stuff. He's had a loss. He's no longer clean-shaven. Well, the man has yeah. a beard. He's obviously suffered a loss. Yeah, the beard. Clearly the beard. <laughs> yeah. I know a depression beard when I see one, and... There you yeah. go. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I guess he lost there. But I mean, in terms of the Thanos trauma, like he, oh yeah, it seemed like he got his stuff together. Like he he shaved at the beginning of Endgame. I, I don't. I mean that, you know, unironically. Like he's, you know, yeah, he but, gets his stuff he, back together. He, right? he just kind of goes back to helping people, and he's like. You know, um, they had that opening scene that's trying to show how everybody's kind of like wounded. And oh yeah, he like world, he's like a guidance he's counselor. Like, yeah, and he's talking to the the gay dude who's like, uh, I think he's like a director or something. And he's like, oh yeah, I went on a date the other night. And they're like, man, way to go, dude. You know, jeez, wow. Yeah. You know, you know, Marvel. Pff. 
And, then, <laughs> and even then, even, 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 even then, though, he has that line at the end where he's like, oh, we got to do this, guys. we got to move on. Uh, the world's in our hand. And uh, if we don't do something with about it, uh, you know, maybe Thanos should have killed all of us, eh? Did you think of that? Just inspiring speech. That's I, what I, Captain America does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a thing. Like that's that's the thing is he, you know, he's taken a bit of a hit. He's not, he's not exactly there. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers is not that kind of a kind of a douchebag. I don't think so. It's just like I just used the wrong words. You know, he's just not. You know, nobody's in their prime at the beginning of Endgame. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, Banner gets it together. Yeah, yeah, he does. You see, Banner, 18, he's he's great. Everyone else is just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Hulk seems to be a <laughs> And when you look back at the other movies, he's the one who's doing the worst, who's like, I, I have to hide. I'm a danger to society. Everybody's afraid. Oh, yeah. Now he's like, it, hey, uh, come on over here, kids. Listen to your mother, you hear? You want some well, waffles? Yeah, it, we got waffles over here. In the first movie, he has a lot of problems, right? He he like he can't perform in front of the wizards. He can't like you know oh, he mean, can't use like any powers. He's just like a regular schmuck, and I think mm-hmm. that's empowering for him. Like you know, he he can't fight mm-hmm. as the Hulk, so he just kind of contributes any way he can. And I think that's well, part he, of what like brings them together in the second movie, right? Yeah. Well, like, um, yeah, I think trauma is a real thing, and you know, I'm gonna break into this question first before I get into. To why and like I, my kind of idea about the trauma and dealing with it, mm-hmm. but like, um, why does Thanos win, and then why do he lose? Because in the first one he wins, and the second one he loses. Like, what's what's the thematic, like why? What's mm, why would he lose in the first one? Yeah, or no. Wait, he lo- he I won mean, I, in the I, first one, then lose in the second oh, yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 backwards. Then. But yeah, that's my idea. Why did he win and then lose? What's the difference? Uh, like you I know? said, he, he's been in it from New York, right? He's been in it from the beginning. He's been winning this whole time. Well, not really winning. Losing a bit, but he finally wins. Yeah, I mean, um, he messes up a little bit. Maybe you consider I think that's failure a, experience. You know? I mean, he's not a threat if he doesn't win the first movie. They can't do like a comeback round in the second thing. It's it's not quite like as impressive if they kick his ass in the first movie. Sure, I mean the plot kind of demands it, you know. Um, yeah, I mean the plot's always going to demand wherever yeah. it goes, right? I mean that's kind of how plots work, right? Yeah, the superhero team up movies really do have a big kind of a laundry list of things they require, you know, uh, certain. But fights. let's think of it as like. Yeah, let's think of it as something that might actually represent something or like communicate a message, though, rather than just being like an artifact of the narrative. Well, yeah, I mean, like, there's there's still things going on with it. Um, I mean, the entertainment is a big part, and it's all, you know, the more I watch it, the more I think it's just editing these days. They kind of just have a lot of CGI, and a lot of it looks great, you know, but bringing it all together into a moving scene that, like, um, entertains on an action, like a kinematic, moving, like, uh, way. Spectacle? Yeah, I, I think they really just, you know, it's all just editing, and they have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of personality. You know, and every now and then, something really comes together, like the Thor arriving with the hammer, just really, really just 
works, just impacts and really has that uh, resonance. And then other fights and other scenes are just kind of, you know, back and forth. This one has like a staff mm-hmm. and this guy has a, you know, Captain America oh, shield. Yeah. And then Black Widow comes out of the corner and, um, you know. That's um, a pretty cool scene, though. I, th- I think these oh, guys. Yeah, that's a pretty Burn good me. one. And then, yeah, it's in school, Lou. Yeah, I think these guys actually are one of the better, like, Marvel action scene directors. Mm-hmm. Personally, then. Wasn't it the uh, the brothers did uh, both of them? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, both okay. did. And uh, they did Civil War and they did Winter Soldier. Those are pretty exciting movies. Yeah, they're all I mean, really you know, they're, good. They're, they're, they they have a good sense of weight to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, despite the fact that the superpowers are ill defined, there's a certain sort of like crunchiness to the scenery. You know? Yeah. Well, I think I think the actions in uh, superhero movies really does come down to the superpowers and how they interact. And when you do like a big team up move, you have to think of things like how do multiple of these powers work together Mm. and how can I visually communicate that? And Oh yeah. Like the whole sort of Iron Man and wizards and stuff versus strange versus uh, Squidward. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You're you're thinking of the first one. I was, I was thinking, um, yeah, his name is Squidward. Uh, Damon, or no, Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw. They all had awesome go. names, remember? Proxima Midnight, yes. remember? Yeah. Oh, but, yes, they are um, all they all sound cool. But um, I, I have this general theory that, <laughs> theory that um, one of these reasons he, he wins in the first one is he has all these really great names for all the children of Thanos, like Proxima Midnight. No, I think it's actually the trauma, and that that Thanos has been through one. He, he says before he sacrifices Gamora for the Soul Stone that he failed mm-hmm. once before. Or he, he oh, yeah, that's from, uh, with his, like... And do you know what it is? Do you, is that a specific thing, do you think? he's Like he sent Loki well, I, to Earth, that didn't work out. Is that his failure? I don't know. Well, I thought his failure was his own home planet, right? I mean, you go there yeah, and you good. sort of see that's what happened good. because he wasn't able to like do anything about it. And you say to yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, this is where he failed before, but he's not going to fail yeah. the rest of the galaxy. Yeah, that, that is a key part of his, his trauma, I think, that keeps his philosophy intact and causes him to push it onto the rest of the universe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's, no, that's, that's the thing. There's, that, there's this loss. And the other thing about Thanos, when they do finally fight him in the other one, is he's very personal. He's angry. He's he's just a vicious, mean, kind of a kind of a bad guy. You know, he says like, I, "What I'm going to do to your planet? Could enjoy it very much." The other Thanos, oh, yeah. you know, sacrificed his daughter to his cause. It's like nothing's going to get too personal for this guy anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, it was already personal, wasn't it? He just didn't have to sacrifice his daughter. The stones were right in front of him. He didn't have to do that, like, he didn't have to go on that, like, almost anti-hero's journey. To get the stones, you mean? Yeah, remember, because, well, he could just get them right off the Avengers, right? All he had to do was, like, fight them. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of, like, tempted by it, and he gets it too easily. He doesn't work for it in the other one, right? Do you think he I would? Think, no, yeah. I mean he doesn't get it too easily. But by the end of it, you know where he destroys them. Like you wonder if the the one that had gained them without having to go through like you know the loss of his daughter and you know all the other stuff, you wonder if he, he would have you know destroyed them after sort of half of everyone 
I mean, you got to kind of got to well, no, wonder, he, like, uh, well, he said specifically he was going to shred this universe down to the last atom, whatever that means. Uh, so, presumably, it's like, like one I don't, of those I don't think he, I, I think fifty percent is is passe. He's like that's so two thousand eighteen. You know? He may have been distracted. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you say but, things when you're distracted and you're like, yeah, that sounded badass. And yet, like, you know, when you're like afterwards, you're heading down the stairs, you think to yourself, what did I say? Yeah, That's what I, I think I, that was. Yeah, maybe. I mean, really? maybe he would just do the 50%. And, um, but I don't know. Thanos also does not lie. That's... Um, that's kind of a stated thing about. Oh him. yes, he did teach her how to, to lie. Be, uh, yeah, and when no, he, maybe remember, he when does he, lie. remember when he he he, he um, you know, I kind of wonder. Yeah, he when, caught uh, he caught uh, what's her name out in her lie. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I don't mind that you failed, but I mind that you failed and you lied. And he just says it with such hate. I can't remember the exact line, but it's like you lied. You know, he's really so betrayed like, he, at that he really moment, does right? hate it he really does you know i kind of agree with it because i've always found even from the point of view of manipulation which is typically why you would lie i mean i would guess uh, unless you're lying to yourself which is different but hmm. uh, even from the point of view of manipulation i think of a lying it's just like uh you know not like it's not like it can't work it's just like it's imprecise it's random it creates issues you know like oh yeah you know what it's I mean? like, of, it's it's like difficult, uh, if i have to lie to, this dude to get him to do something it's like well maybe you'll figure out you lied or maybe this lie doesn't make sense or maybe there's a way to avoid the lie or like you know i always feel that yeah but anyways i don't know what they mean exactly with well all the children this. of thanos are fanatics right they're not going to question the lie i mean i suppose now, we don't actually know much about the children I find it kind of vague. Um, yeah, a lot exactly of people were disappointed by that. The, um, I just thought of them as sub-minions. You know, I don't know exactly. They didn't have their own backstories, that was for sure. Yeah. but Which pissed off a lot of people. Well, I mean, you could probably go off forever. There was like four of those guys. But, right. Um, but anyways, the other thing about trauma... Prequels. Been, yeah, yeah. Marvel, you got money. Go to it. Um... Yeah, it's like, yeah, who wouldn't go to see a movie like Proxima Midnight? It's like, I don't even care who this bitch is, just make their fucking movie, Proxima fucking Midnight. But, um... Yeah. But yeah, the other thing, too, is, like, the Avengers have experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, and they've grown from it, and they've built them, and I think, to some degree, that's why they win in the second round. You know? And I think that's kind of the one typical, like you know, heuristic way of analyzing the the movie that, like, is thematically, like, consistent. I think the movie ultimately, mm -hmm. on the whole, is mainly about trauma and how it builds, you know, strength and character and, yeah. you know. And it's also a path you can go down, because you can go down the wrong way, like Thanos did, you know. Mm -hmm. You can go through your trauma, and then you can just not... Um, not be able to deal with it or something. I, I mean, and or you'll get the wrong idea and murder half the galaxy. Yeah, like, well, like I said before, I think he needs to believe that, and he's been through that. He has to save other people from this other thing. They're supposedly going to happen. He helped out Gamora's planet, you know, quotations by, and they are now doing well. He sees that he is, you know, mm -hmm. 
Whereas the Avengers just kind of take it on the cuff and later on they're like, you know, maybe we could do something about this, you know? Hmm. Like they don't really, they all found a way to deal with it comparatively. That was mm -hmm. like, uh, Bruce went in the, you know, Thor went drinking, playing Fortnite. Uh, Cap America is like, um, grief counselor. Grief counselor. Is that what, that's what you call it. Okay. He's a grief counselor. Black Widow's taking her job a little too seriously. Um, who else? Clint's gone mad with grief. Yeah, Clint, Clint is on some kind of punisher rage. So everybody's taking it, and yeah, Clint is a little skeptical, right? But, I mean, I guess he's killing the bad guys, so, you know. Hey, man. And the good guys. Yeah, the moral clarity. If it hadn't been for him throwing uh, Natasha off a, uh, if he hadn't thrown her off a cliff, like, you know, the day would not have been saved. All they had to do was kill the girl. There's a certain morally toxic uh, message there that uh, I think is best left unexplored at the moment. Well, I think too, maybe in a later episode. Well, like like I say, I think there's a a minor like sub narrative in terms of like you know. Um, oh yeah, Gamora gets do... killed and Natasha gets killed. Well, uh, yeah, they both get killed to get the Soul Stone, right? Yep. Yeah, basically. But uh, as I say it again. But, uh, but yeah, I think her determination to, like, she, she really does want to sacrifice herself. And I think that's mm -hmm. a thing. Like, you know, some people are just like, you know, I just want to go. Here's my chance to do it. And it's like they get this noble chance. I think there's a character that did that on Battlestar Galactica, maybe. But that's a narrative mm -hmm. thing. And I think maybe it was Why similar to, like, um, to, like, how... Um, like I said, um, the Hulk had issues and couldn't really deal with it, and their relationship never materialized. And then mm -hmm. he the goes and does his, his way of dealing with it, and then he sees that she does it to deal with this, and then... Because then he also has to do the snap, right? And he's just like, you know, it's like I was made for it. It's like, you know what, I have to sacrifice myself too, you know? You know, that like is a fascinating I, thing. I mean, of all the people, of all the couples, I mean, it's not like one of them died in the snap. Yeah. They could have made a life together. Yeah, like they could. I have, guess you know they both moved on by that. Not much, um, but instead, go to the Gamma Lab. Going to be the Green Giant. Rest of my life. Oh yeah, so awesome. But um, it wouldn't be terrible. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, it'd be well, make life difficult fitting through the house. Well, but I, otherwise, I, I think I'd be cool with it being gigantic and green. Yeah. Yeah, well, it it definitely have its pros and cons, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I saw something on Reddit that was like some picture of kids hanging out with Lou Ferrango. I think I don't know how to pronounce his name from like the eighties. Oh yeah. And they're just like Lou Ferrango's just being a nice guy and smiling, but the kids are so upset and they're like, "This is me and my brother from like nineteen eighty seven. I don't know. It's like <laughs> we were disappointed that the Hulk was not actually green. <laughs> like he's actually." <laughs> Oh, kids get disappointed yeah, by like, stuff like that all the time. Oh my god, just any little thing man. and they'll just lose their crap. He's a pretty big guy, but he's not the Hulk, kids. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were lied to. What the fuck? Don't even ask about Santa yeah. Claus. Just go home, please. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um... but now here's an interesting thing, man. Like, uh, mm -hmm. that's something we should do as a meme, right? Like, uh, it's kind of a backwards meme, but take, like, uh, the smart Hulk and be like, you know, do the whole Pickle Rick thing with him. Yeah, you know, I have to watch Rick and Morty. I turned myself into a Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually a really good episode. It's got, um, what's his name, Machete in it. 
Danny Trejo. Oh, Danny, yeah, training Danny Trejo uh, yep, does the voice of these sort of. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a pretty good episode to start. Like the first one isn't all that great, but like honestly, you can just like throw yourself at any episode and know what's going on. It's like imagine if Doctor Who was like a violent alcoholic. There you go. That's, that's the entire great, premise. That's a great pitch right there, man. I got to give you credit for that. Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great pitch. You could make a movie out of that. Somebody would throw you money for that. So, anyways. Well, that, that's the problem with Doctor Who these days, right? Is that Doctor Who, you know, I haven't like, they make too much of being the good person. Well, that's just it, right? Aside, like, I tried to watch an episode and it was just so boring, yet there was so mm. much going on. You know, you can't watch a movie with that much explosions and people running around and like car things going on and like people screaming <laughs> and stuff and be like, oh my God, this is so boring. Yeah. It, anyhow, that's yeah. how I feel about Doctor Who at the moment. But it, it, um, anyhow. Yeah, it never struck me as the difficult to get into show. It was just this guy, he goes to places. He's like Geralt, he's a narrative device who walks around. You yeah, know, he can like go any any fantasy. kind of science fiction story you want. Yeah. You, you can tell any kind of story yeah. you want, just throw them in there, That's, and there's just... See, it used to work well because he was unobtrusive. He'd just be yeah. like, you know, this, like, wandering hobo, like, wandering around and mm -hmm. generally being ignored because he looked like an obvious idiot. <laughs> and, you know, sort of that's yeah. how he got around. It was like, he would just look like a harmless idiot. So, you know, sort of do a little jiggery-pokery here and, you know, sort of save, like... And it wasn't mm -hmm. even saving the world. I think that's the other part that annoys me, is there's way too much of the saving the world. I mean, in terms of the Avengers, yeah, they worked, disaster they, they worked their is way a, up to is that. A personal is actually something I'm really pissed about. I think every every big movie could learn a huge lesson from Seven Samurai. It's like... Yeah, man. Here, here's a story about Seven Samurai protecting a village from 40 bandits. 40. Not, not yep. huge number. It's one of the most epic movies you'll ever fucking watch, and it's just outnumbered like, almost six to one, need man. To blow up the fucking planet, it's like, you know, um, yep. But anyway, that's just like a subtle note. Is like, um, I remember somebody did a like they call, they did a like I think I think it was a news article, so it's like not exactly an essay, but it's a little more mm -hmm. intellectual, say. But and they talked about that called disaster creep. Uh, he called mm. it, okay. I think. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But it's like, he said, like, you know, in 1977, we got our first superhero movie with uh, Superman. I've honestly never actually watched it all the way through. But sure. but basically, he says, and I guess this happens, um, Superman saves Southern California. And it's just like, and people just thought that was enough in 1977. To save That's Southern amazing. California. One man saving, saving <laughs> you know, all of like, Southern California. Like, oh no, it's a lot of people. It's good, 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 good on you, Superman. But like the it's next huge. ones, it's like there's a planet-destroying space station or something. It's like, well, that saved seven billion people. Way to go, Superman. Hmm. It's like I hope they don't hate you in the next Zack Snyder movie. It's like, oh, yeah, wait, I think that was the. Yeah. That was the problem with Captain Marvel and like why they had to keep Captain Marvel out of the way during uh in the Infinity War and stuff. It's like at the end of the thing when she like takes I, out the ship, I'm just like, Well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> no you know, all the tension gets sucked out of the room I, I, when like your protagonist is an anti shipping missile, you know? Yeah, I thought um I find it kinda of stupid how she's not involved. Um you know, like, how did she explain to the Avengers why she wasn't there in Infinity War? 
how did that? Oh, work? she was busy like, with the rest of the galaxy. Yeah, and I'm just like, because like you know what with the whole sort of rampaging Thanos, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, he destroyed uh, nowhere, he destroyed Xandar. Yeah, and Xandar was apparently like keeping the peace in a whole lot of the rest of the galaxy yeah, or something like that. Like this a, is all my just like yeah. Seemed like a nice place, John C. McLinley or whoever has like a half alien daughter, tolerant culture, way to go. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, but yeah, like, is there some other warlord who's trying to get some other set of Infinity Stones together to destroy 75% of the living population, you know? Well, I like, think that was the whole thing with, like... a bigger uh, thing to do, Captain? But, um... Well, there's, there's the Kree out there, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're still, like, crazy I, uh, Kree sort of Empire idiots running around I, I all loose I don't stuff. fully understand the Kree as yet. I Captain Marvel Just think of, like, Alien did, Empire. Uh, that's helping me yeah. concentrate. This up again. Okay. So there's a so, lot. Um, did you say so? Second. Yeah, at like the exact same time as you. Well, it was that, weird. I, I was just like, did that? I was like, is that a recording thing? <laughs> I was like, anyway, it's not. There's a line um, early on in Endgame where uh, Captain America, after he uh, lectures the gay guys on how great their date was. Uh, he goes mm-hmm. and visits Black Widow, who's like kind of... I think uh, there's only one gay dude there. Well, there's only one... I don't know. Maybe I pluralized. And Anyways. The gays? No, you've you got to capitalize it if you're going to call it the I, gays. I don't know. Why don't you go to the, the, <laughs> the grief counseling group he, he lectures and see what it's like, you know? He's kind of... You know sure. who I thought of? He reminded me of after a while. It was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like... Um, <sighs> Fight Edward Norton from Fight Club. No, oh, you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> You'd go into these like things because huh. later on he goes to her and he to Scarlett Johansson. And he's like, you know, some people move on, but not us. You know, mm-hmm. we don't move on. We don't ever. And I'm like, that's funny because you go to this, you know, self help group, and he's kind of like um, Edward Norton going to self help <laughs> groups for things he doesn't actually need help. For. I don't know why I found that hilarious, but uh, wow, you could like base a whole like series of comparisons between yeah. this movie and Fight Club. Yeah, sometimes oh. you just start with an idea, you work backwards, the whole thing writes itself. Great, now but, that's in um, my head. But um, yeah, he says some people move on, but not us. He's talking <laughs> at that time to Black Widow, but I think he may mean you know the Avengers, the Marvel heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, yeah, the day he they're the heroes. What, what, what does he mean by that? We don't move on. What, well, remember what uh, Tony said, right? Us, you know? Remember what Tony said, how, like, mm-hmm. um, in, what was it, in the first Avengers movie, like, um, if we don't protect it, then we'll avenge it. When okay. he's, he's talked to Loki about uh, the invasion, mm-hmm. he's saying, like, uh, you know what, like, if we don't stop you here, we're going to still come after you and we're still going to get you. And you know what? They do it. They carry out that promise. They did. Yeah, they fail to protect uh, the world in uh, the first movie, and then they come back and they avenge it in yeah. the second movie. It's it's actually okay. There we go. We have our theme. Yeah. The our theme Avengers. is Avengers. Huh? Not the that was right under our nose this whole time. <laughs> the Revengers. Not the Prevengers. He was like <laughs> the Prevengers. You know, because he's so angry. That was uh, that was Tony's trauma. Was um. I think he just stopped being a superhero or something. Like he 
just his trauma was that he was a father. He he had like a family that like does things to you, man. Well, yeah, you like kid. want to preserve these. Things. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, he he didn't actually want to help them. He just wanted to get out of the goddamn house. Pepper's annoying him so much. <laughs> God damn it! I can't stand to be around you. What do you mean time travel? You're gonna oh, come back in life. time and fix our marriage? It's like, damn it, honey. Yeah, I love the first thing he does when he's confronted by this. He's like, screw you. I got a happy family. Go to hell away. But that night, he's no. like, I figured out time travel. If I do this, we mm. can like completely change the world. Yeah. Like, well, that's all I got to do is invent time travel, and I'm out of this house, and I'm back to adventuring and having yeah. fun. And it's good. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. The movie only makes him look like a good guy, folks. He's really just a, hates his wife. True. He hates his children. He does like, not treat Pepper well. Like, he's like, give me that gauntlet. I just want to end it. You know? But, <laughs> but um, I think um, um, that's a male fantasy, though. It's like uh, there was a long mm-hmm. thing about it um, on male Twitter. There's this woman; she had this long thing about how it's a male fantasy to to protect your family, right? And it's like, why do you I have guess. that gun? Well, I need it to protect my family. Well, it's, if you want to protect your family, you're doing laundry, right? Because like most of the things yeah. that will harm your family come from like you know things like laundry and poor diet well, just and like education job. and all yeah. this other stuff. Yeah, all, all these things that are like super boring. The modern kid that aren't guns, you know, supports yeah. his family by, you know, not that I do any of these things, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah I think actually true. there's also um, something they the directors mentioned. I didn't notice this because I'm single and stuff, but like he's the fact that he was married now and had a kid. Actually, mm-hmm. like it was a big thing they did where he had to go to his wife. And, and talk to her like he he does actually ask her to go do this stuff i made some funny jokes about how she's a bitch but you know he goes to his wife and he, you know oh, that's how it works right you're supposed right, to do that how, yeah like he's and that's a symbolic of how he's grown and changed like i I, I, I don't think there's i don't think of his kid as like some kind of trauma he did want the kid before thanos showed no, up. that was so just it's not like he, gwyneth paltrow's gooch's trauma yeah, well, I'm sure there's some kind of kind of drama. I always liked actually how they so much blood when they the come two, out. The two characters so much like, blood. Blood. Yeah, like when a child is born, it's just like a horrific like flood of like blood and amniotic fluid oh, and just like so we everything can't look else. at Gwyneth Paltrow the same way anymore, huh? Right. Yeah, poor Tony. Yeah. Someday I'll get that image out of my head. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, keep working at it. But uh, I've actually <laughs> always, this trauma. I've actually always liked the um, the um, the relationship between them. You know, I mentioned mm-hmm. before the Hulk and Natasha thing, and I'm like, I kind of actually despise how that was written because I think it just comes out of convenience. I think mm-hmm. it works because it's not it's just handled well. Well, but, the actors like, it's just kind of like, well, this woman's here and this guy's over here need a plot line, you know. Like I said, Hulk mm-hmm. and Natasha Romanoff, I don't think really... Like, are you ever going to go into Hulk's actual comic universe? Because he does have a girlfriend there, so... Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know, maybe you're going to have some relationship drama or some alternate universe where... where you know, because they could do something like that, I guess. But, but I kind of dislike mm-hmm. how um, relationships kind of are created out of the same kind of energy of like, let's create some drama or let's create some tension mm-hmm. or let's create like, you know, an interesting show to watch. And it's like, well, the problem is you create that, you know, and you don't like the drama mm-hmm. doesn't come from an organic place, you know, 
Um, the yep. same way it's like, look, this was just Scarlett Johansson was here. Mark Rafala was here. You didn't know what to do with these characters. So, you know, and it worked out pretty well because the actors and, you know, relationships in a lot of way are about like kind of the actors have to sell it. You can write stuff, but like they have to really, you know, fill that in. And one of the things I liked about Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is just like how they, how he talks and then she responds and he talks over her, but she understands and there's a real communication there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it really does, uh, I think, picture things about that relationship that, um, that seem more organic, at least in terms of how you would write one. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, they have, like, a natural relationship rather than a sort of lack of chemistry. Yeah, for sure. But, uh... Other than that, what else do I have here? Oh, God, the oldest one is still alive. Oh, really? Hey, Coop. Hey, Danny. Or, which one are you? Cooper, Danny says hi. Hello. Hey. He sounds so different. Oh my god, he's huge. He's mm. like as tall as me and his feet are like bigger than me with my boots on. Yeah. I've got like this big pink troll living in my house. Yeah, it's funny. Well, he'll be a fan of some He's crab walking up the stairs. <laughs> uh, so funny. If you fall and hurt yourself, it's not my fault. Ugh. So anyway, I think that's most of the, like, the main questions I had anyways. Like, let me just okay. go through the notes and see if we got it. How is it different from other Avengers movies? <laughs> How long No, man, is... I think, um, no, think I, we kind of nailed I think, it. I think we did that one. How how much longer will super movies left? I know we did that. Yep. Uh, last two Avengers, which of the two was better? Sure. Normal. Infinity mm-hmm. War is a normal one, but the bad guys lose, and they have to stop it, except they lose. I don't know what I was saying there, but I think we talked about it. And oh, yeah, compared- whether it's, like, loss or trauma, or, like, you know, why yeah. they're do- why they... Oh, that's why they... That's why they lose in the first one, because then they can avenge it in the second one. Well, I mean, yeah, it sets up the other one, but, um... I don't know if I would logically say it's like the plot necessitates them to fail, like they fail within the. No, plot. but it Never it pays out run. the um, it pays out the promise that uh, Tony gives to Loki in the first Avengers movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does that one. I think he also says he wouldn't like to die trying. Or uh, the other thing is, um, when they were fighting Captain America and Iron Man, they mm-hmm. in the first one. Captain America threat says of Tony Stark that he's not the one who would make the um, oh yeah wouldn't the, make that play the sacrifice play which he does and then the uh, this is just something he I'm actually Reddit. does that and, like um, it's not just that but like the only thing special about you came from a bottle Tony Stark says to him but he can actually mm. wield Mjolnir uh, Thor's hammer so eventually yeah yeah I mean not at that he point, can't do it in the second movie but uh, yeah. I think he fakes it, and it's just kind of implied, actually. But you know, who knows? Oh yeah, doesn't doesn't like um, doesn't like Chris Hemsworth as Thor look like slightly concerned when like yeah when yeah, asked, little... yeah he kind of like leans forward so he's he's kind and, of expecting him to be we, able to lift it. Yeah, it's a little it's a small little hint they put in there, and then when it does happen, he's like, "I knew it." So there's 
yeah a, it's nice to see those things pay off that's a, that's a sign of a good series you know where like they drop little things that will pay off in later movies yeah um but yeah and game is comparatively is about the, the avengers doing a thing and not having a real antagonist until thanos shows up i think we talked about yep uh, future thanos wins past loses why uh, the power of failure to motivate and focus on what's important. What characters were left out that should have been in yep. the movies? Oh no, we didn't do that. Who's left out that should be there? Who was left out? Yeah. Well, I mean, aside from Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, she's. Let me see who was left out. Who was left out? See, they got Doctor Strange in there. They got. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't Hulk, have to be like Iron a... Man, Thor big character with their own movie but like <clears throat> like i've always said louise from uh Ant -Man, oh yeah absolutely just i i don't i don't know who got fired but somebody must have gotten fired how is louise from ant-man not in like in unavailable or, yeah why didn't they throw like a them, dump truck fine, but, if, but, yeah. but like one of the two like you know i'm just yeah but i don't know maybe it was thanos snapped uh, like I'm glad Korg is in there. He was one of my favorites, but was Korg in Infinity War? No, he was no, in. I thought uh, he got Endgame. like killed in the first movie. He was. No. Oh, okay, yeah, he came no, back. He's, from uh, snap, he's playing Fortnite with Thor. He's oh yes, fight too, yes, you're right. Yeah, he doesn't. Wow, he, he avoided the snap. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm wondering who else. Um, just a second. No, DLC Daz Guardians. Um, hmm. Yeah. Wow, they they were pretty comprehensive, you know. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. Darcy maybe might have been funny. Oh well, uh, they brought her back in uh, Wandavision, right? Yeah, yeah, they love their uh, their uh, random characters, you know. Yeah, Selvig wasn't in there, but I mean, he kind of got well, his thing Selvig, in the I first Avengers movie. I think he he was Thanos snapped. They had like his face oh, on okay. the the on the memorial, flashing all the people who died. Like oh, Shuri wow. was there, so you know she oh, okay. died. That's why you don't see her apparently. Interesting. Uh, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the movie, the end of the second one. Oh yeah, she does actually show up in the end. Yeah, she mm. was in both of them. So, I think of it. But, um, yeah, I can't think of any. Oh, I'm the. You know sure. who doesn't show up? You know who doesn't show up? Very notably, is uh, the. Oh, what do you call them? Uh, you know, Iron Fist and uh, oh, yeah, the Daredevil. Yeah. And, yeah, the Defenders, they don't show up. They should have had them show up. That would have been so cool. I think they may be integrating uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I would, actually, oh, yeah? I would actually like if they just had some more just messed up women in the Marvelverse. Just mm. like any kind of damage or just like... Just because I'm... Tired of empowered women. You have a type, huh? Well, no. I'm just, I don't <laughs> no, I'm just like tired of it. I just keep yep. every time they're always tough or like like Gina Carano. Like I remember one time she was like walking into some action scene with a big machine gun, and uh, this wasn't Marvel. Or something. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah this was, was Star Wars um, with the Mandalorian. Yeah, there and she makes some joke, some point about liking to shoot people or something, and I'm just like. Um, it's like, look, you don't have to make them tougher when they're walking through a, an action scene with a machine gun and shooting people. 
And just but like, that's what I they do if they were just funny, like your regular, you know, like um, quips or something. Yeah, like your whole their whole personality in the in the quips of those characters for sure. But um, mm. see, that's one of my theories like, about like um, superheroes. So super mm, strength. Imagine sure. if you're super strong, right? Where, how would you develop muscle? What would possibly give you resistance that you would be able to use it for exercise? Scientifically speaking. Scientifically speaking. I mean, I think you, you'd have to like take rays of sunlight and somehow repurpose the electrons into your body. Some. No, I, I, I don't mean what would give you super strength. I mean, what would, how would you exercise if you had super strength? Uh, I think you just have to like discipline your mind. To build it. No, I think if you had super know. strength, you'd just be like a total slob, or like you know, you'd be some like scrawny little wastoid-looking thing. If you had like super mm -hmm. strength, because nothing would ever give you the resistance that your muscles would need to grow. Because you know, like that's why sure. like Superman. Don't get me wrong, I, you know I like Henry Henry Cavill's body as much as the next man, but like honestly, if right. super, like how does Superman sort of develop that? Like well. You know, if he's got super strength, I mean, like, being able to, like, turn it off or turn it down. So, like, you know, I know his mm -hmm. whole super control, so he doesn't, like, yeah. kill everyone like, around him. How does the weight kind of thing? Yeah, you exactly. Know, like, I how, mean, how did that even, like, I guess you're saying like, that's, I, that's more natural because he would be processing so much. Yeah, like, how does Thor get drunk on beer? Like, he's just, that's, he's, that's, yeah. he's drinking beer. Like, after, after like, you know, he doesn't get drunk, like, I mean, he gets a couple, like, Omaha Beach veterans, like, completely wasted in the second movie on, like, this tiny little flask he has with them. Yeah. But I'm just like, is Excel that what Thor's Seal. depressed about? That he can't get, like, good booze anymore? Yeah. Is that why Thor's, like, so down? Because he's, like, sitting there drinking this beer, and it's just like, yeah. this is flavored water. Yeah, he, My he life never, sucks. <laughs> he, he, he never did get that keg of his father's Burkadian ale or whatever it was he was running off to get. Uh, he, he should was, have grabbed that. And, uh, he was making excuses the... to not go and hit on Natalie Portman. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, right. you know, as, as everybody would do in that situation, you fucking... I find it so weird. They're like, okay, so Thor, ten years later, is going to go to his ex-girlfriend from ten years ago, but through time travel, uh, just show up and act like he's, you know, the same dude. Uh, and then... Yeah, I think that would have been so a bit too close to home for a lot of people. I'm, I'm just... No, I'm just like, who, who even starts this plan? It's like, I know you're drunk, Thor, but, like, really... No, that's how it happens. That's how you end up, like, drunk dialing your exes as you get, like, drunk and depressed. Yeah, but he didn't drunk dial his ex. He drunk went back in time to retrieve an infinity stone, man. It's kind of the and same he's like, thing. you know what, now that I got here, I'm looking at the whole plan of hitting on Natalie Portman and getting the reality stone out of her, and I, you know what, I'd rather just get drunk because I'm too depressed. That's... <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, when you think about it, it's just like, whose plan was it to get him to just go and, like, he's gained 40 pounds. Wouldn't yeah, he's Natalie got a raccoon Portman to look be after. Like, like, even if she doesn't judge that kind of stuff, wouldn't she be like, hey, you've gained 40 pounds in 20 seconds? Yeah, and they did indicate in the first Thor movie that her attraction to him was primarily physical and only blossomed intellectually after they got to know each other for a bit. You slut. <laughs> right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, she, she just, you know, if they, uh, that, would, that would actually be hilarious. Yeah. They got there. I, t I tell you right now, here's my bet. They're going to work that into Love and, uh, love was and it, Thunder. Love and Hammers or Love, love and Thunder. Thunder. They're going to work great, that in there. She's going to be like, He's gonna get back into shape There's for some reason related montage, to her. Eighty montage, like uh, like Rocky. Oh Ford. man, that would be hilarious. 
Oh, uh, if they went the full, like they could get away with it. If they greased up Hemsworth, they could totally get away with like a beach ball, like a beach volleyball scene or like some stupid bullshit like that. They could do it. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the kind of thing Marvel would actually do. Um, I think. But, and, you know, what was his nickname again? What was Stark's nickname for him? Uh, Point Break? Point Break, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to work that in there, I swear. Yeah. And then I love, he's like, the strongest Avenger. It's like, that is not your password. It's like, good damn it. <laughs> then later on, the Hulk comes in. It's like, oh, we got to we gotta access the computer real quick. It's like, uh, it's uh, coded according to that Stark's nickname. So, uh, strongest Avenger. It's like, password accepted. John. It's, it's, <laughs> Thor. it's just like, e Come on, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, who's going to fly the ship? The Earthling? Really, Stark? I think. I guess it was an Earth ship, so. But, oh, but, oh well. well Use one of your PhDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have any idea what a PhD is, Thor. Well, he doesn't care. I mean, like when he when he's hijacking the pod in Infinity War, right? He's like, he just starts poking around. He's like, hey, this thing, this thing probably has like a code or something, right? Just randomly jabbing his finger into it. I mean, this guy clearly is like, oh, and I guess it's just like, you know, it's a car. I know how to drive cars. Whatever, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got a PhD. PhD to perfuddle head a little duddles. Yep, yep, I've got a PhD. Hey, man. He's managed to headbutt his way through life without uh, any brain damage. He's doing all right. Yeah. I think it cut out for a second there. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, but Weird. brain damage, I, I think I got you. Yeah, Thor's a thoroughly likable ca uh, character. But... There was something that somebody brought up uh, on Twitter recently as well. Um, it was that, uh, was it 10 years ago? 10 years ago was the anniversary of... Uh, all the little news items about how these two nobodies, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth, were cast for uh, Thor. Yeah, I had no idea who those fuckers were. <clears throat> right? Did they it, were nobodies. Did Hiddleston do something? He's English, so he's like, I don't know, a lot um, of those guys come from theater, and they actually have a pretty big background, and then they just come yeah, from Hollywood. He, and... I forget what it was that he did before that, but there was something that he did. He was actually in the running to be Thor himself for a while there. There's, uh, really? there's screen tests of him, yeah, in the costume. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty funny because I mean he's naturally blonde, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, the thing is, like, um, I think he does much better as a sort of intellectual character because he's got that sort of like pointy face. Whereas if you want like a meathead like Thor, you want that kind of like yeah, yeah. brick like head like Hemsworth has got going on. You know, just looking at them, the casting seems like it made sense. You know, like they yep. figured that out. And uh, but anyways. Um, so to get on, I think I noticed there's one or two more with the advantages. That you... So what do you think of this shot where Spider-Man is being saved by like all the vaginas in the Marvelverse? Horribly contrived. There was yeah, a way yeah, better yeah, way to yeah. yeah. that. Like I, I don't mind it. It looks like cool, really. That's what you did. Like, it's like oh, it's like look. Uh -huh. It's just like in the other ones. It's like I know they were all men in the other montages of similar kinds. But that's because everybody in the Avengers was basically a dude. Now I'm just wondering why all the women are in one place and why all the men are in another place. Yeah, that is that's weirdly it's, it, it's um, weirdly it's, it's actually contextually sexist, but it's not like I mean I'm not complaining or shit. I don't give a fuck. But like, I mean, did they have like designated like, parts like, of the battlefield? Would, yeah, like why would they be all there? Like. 
Like, I don't think the other one was deliberately like, oh, we're going to put all the dudes together because fuck those women and their goddamn vaginas. And like, fucking, <laughs> you know, but then this other one is like, it doesn't really make sense to me that. What if they start bleeding or something? Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's, um, it's not something I hate or like I care about, but, um, mm-hmm. I just wonder what's the, the motivation behind that? What's the. I'm going with the, virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah they wanted to it like make it look like. good because if they'd been doing it like honestly and they'd understand why representation matters, they would have made it in some sort of natural way like they managed to work everything else in. I mean, they're like, you know, all the quips and all the sort of stuff. I mean, that's one of yep. the charms of the Marvel movies I is find, that, I uh, find, you know, there's like a natural, yeah. like casual chemistry going okay. on, right? What, one of the key things about Marvel heroes in general is that they have to be entertaining and they have to be funny and they just have to be charismatic people to, to watch through a movie. Like they carry mm-hmm. a whole movie. I mean, if you're Guardians of the Galaxy, all right, well, there's four of you, so it's a little different. But if you're like Iron Man, it's like, no, you, you carry the movie, Iron Man. So it's like, if you're yep. not a funny, entertaining dude to just watch, you know, like there is, um, people got angry because uh, Captain Marvel steals some dude's bike, even though he was a douchebag, because it's just like, that's kind of mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just stuff like... Seems disproportionate. Yeah. And I think there's too much of a make the girls look tough. There's just too well, much. Well, here's of, the weird um, part. Hmm? Like, I got the bike thing. The bike thing was I, like. I don't actually mind it, but it's just kind of like. People also, oh, yeah, people but, also I mean, pick, that's the pick at Captain Marvel for stuff like that. I'm like, they just filmed it. It didn't come across right. Get over yourself. You know, I'm like, well, I think the problem with, um, with Captain Marvel was on one hand, they were trying <laughs> to do this like, yes, they, they were being like, yeah, she's like the big tough yeah. hero of like the Marvel Universe. And on the other hand, if you had the, like the same thing with the, um, you know, with the super strength, like if they're invincible, like where do you take that? And it kind of sucks all the tension out of the room. And the way invincible. they did, well, she's not invincible, but compared to like say the small navy she takes out, she's relatively invincible. Yeah, she's probably the so, most invincible. Yeah. Yeah. So the the problem being is that um like the whole movie. Like any kind of like tension is constantly let out by the fact that she just doesn't seem to get hurt. Like she seems to have well, the superpower of being fucking invincible before she gets like the whole thing you know. that gives her her superpowers. Like this woman is a freaking Terminator. You know, yeah, it's I mean, like you kind of like when well, you wonder if she feels pain at all. Well, I mean, in terms of the threat level, yeah, you'd have to be pretty strong to fight her. But the way I find Marvel movies work out is they're largely about the characters themselves. They are basically character sketches as movies and they kind mm-hmm. of s- survive i mean individual movies can be good but the long term survive on like the character and their uh, personality yep. their tendency to be you know funny and entertaining to watch on screen and i think yeah. i think in general they kind of miss the mark on the women because they are not they're not as as funny like, there is no mm. Iron Man who's just, like, really funny. I don't know what they're going to say next. I don't know where it's coming from. It's always entertaining. I'm always laughing at them. Like, there's... A lot of them are just, like, Gamora is always the one who's like, boys, let's get back on the on the task. Or, you know, or let's do the yep. right thing. Or, like, they're always, like, rounding the other guys. All right, all you silly well, funny know. guys who's entertaining the fucking audience. You come here and get back to the plot. That's... You know, kind of no, Natasha's chemistry with Steve Rogers, especially in the uh, first Captain. Sorry. 
So like uh, Steve Rogers, uh, you know, or sorry, Natasha's, um, uh, what do you call it? The Black Widow's uh, chemistry with Steve Rogers in the first Captain America movie. You know, you where they just the like talking soldier, about like, right? yeah. Because uh, so, she you know, wasn't in the first one. That was in 1940 something. Okay. Well, the first one in the modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah, so then, you know, they're just, like, jabbering on and stuff. And, like, yeah, you know, she sort of banters with the best of them. I think the problem is, Black I guess, okay. like, I, like her. I think that the problem is if you took a woman and did the same thing that another woman is doing, you'd, they'd be all like, oh, she's just a carbon copy of blah, blah, blah. But if you take a guy and, like, the whole room is just full of, like, handsome, wise-cracking superhero dudes, you know, they're a good bunch of bros and stuff, right? And they're like, then they're all basically carbon copies of each other. Like one of the funniest parts of Infinity yeah, War kind of, is yeah. where Stephen Stephen Strange and uh, and Tony Stark come face to face, and they're basically clones. I don't know about that. I mean, like, yeah, man, you gotta remember like, my, my they philosophy even, about they even the, have like uh, goatees, man. They yeah. both have goatees. It's hilarious. Yeah, you have a real facial. They both play Sherlock. Thing, man, you know, you don't even watch the movie. You just look at the beard this guy got. You know, it's the only important part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. No, I think, like I said before, I think uh, superhero movies work when the powers reflect the character, and I think mm -hmm. like that's that's a big part of it too. Is like um, one is like master of the arcane arts, and the other guy is you know, um, you know, uh, everything he's a else. Programmer. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to describe him. Like he's a pro handsome billionaire he's, playboy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he would say philanthropy. But I mean, in terms of his actual ability, I'm not going to fillet this guy, right? But like magical you know, engineer, with computers and fucking nuclear power, and I don't know what the fuck. But it's like a different kind of medium, you know. Yeah. And so, um, so that's I, I don't know if I'd say they're exactly the same. The same. If you want to like get into the details, there's certainly differences between them. They can be discerned. Yeah, they can be discerned, but I mean, they're basically carbon. Like um, Stephen Strange is the same character as Tony Stark. They're they could play each other, yeah. and you like remember that? Uh, remember that Halloween years ago? Sort of uh, when a couple of uh, friends of ours dressed up as each other. This was like 20 years ago. I'd, it's okay if you don't remember. No, I don't actually. Okay, well, these two guys, they both wore each other's clothes, and it was the eeriest thing, because they looked a lot alike. Really? Right? But with them, yeah, with them wearing well, the each other's clothes, it was like a double take. I don't know. It was actually a good Halloween costume. Parties, man. People would have to do something to be entertained, so. Yep, people did things like that to be entertained, but uh, that, that all I'm saying is that that's, that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, instead of a bunch of guys dressing alike, well, like, we're used to that. I mean... You know, sort of uh, guys tend to uh, dress with like very little to distinguish us, whereas women are expected to be like very distinct from each other. Mm -hmm. It's a cultural expectation that plays out on screen. Um, I, I don't know if I see that exactly, but, you know. But, oh well. What else? Is there anything you say is this just to f generally to finish off here? Um, are there any things you notice about how Marvel treats like men and women differently in their. Like, and I mean the superheroes, the main, not necessarily like Darcy, but I mean like Captain Marvel and Gamora and Nebula and the, the super heroes. Do you think there's a difference? Well, Gamora and Nebula, Gamora and Nebula are a really good example of there being like, you know, sort of women on screen being women in a Marvel movie. Like, especially the sort yeah. of like sister relationship, like, you know, sort of yeah. all, all that, um, uh, Nebula wanted was a sister, like you know that. Yeah, that's have, why she's so angry. Yeah. It's like a personal issue. 
yeah, they have like real personal sort of issues and histories and like, you know, likes and dislikes. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, uh, there's Nebula's speech about how she's going to like pay Thanos back for like, you know, all her suffering. And it's like one of these like really great dramatic speeches, right? You really like, you know, where this yeah, yeah. come from at the end of the speech. It goes on and you're just and like, on. okay. And that to, just to punctuate it, the guy, of course, like for every other audience member, yeah. is just like, yeah, you know, she's just some blue girl who occasionally wanders onto the screen and like gets blown up or something. But like him, he's totally like not being paying attention, right? So when she gives a speech about like, you know, yeah, sort of like her so. revenge on Thanos, he's just like completely yeah. out of left field. He he like had no idea. He thought she was just some rando. One, right? one, of, my, one of my favorite lines that guy has is like, yep, we got a, like she needs a new arm because her arm has been cut off and she's like um, a robot. So, you know, she needs a new part. It's like arms. Yep. We got plenty of arms. Just, just <laughs> like, I don't know why. I just love that. Like, yep, arms, plenty of arms. You want a leg, foot, toe, pinky finger. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I feel like though they could be more. I don't know, like Nebula's kind of like the depressed sort of a character. I don't know. I don't know. If that's the best way to put it. But like, depressed robot. Yeah, like well, she has the the kind of. I guess she has a lot of trauma, and that's mainly where most of her plots kind of come from. Though she does have some good funny funny lines, mm-hmm. um, like here there. Like, oh uh, yeah, and no, I mean the woman has great, uh, great comic timing. Like I can see why yeah, you know she fits of, in uh, well. Yeah, yeah. But um, like she was she, like, but, it, I, but I, for I, the character of Nebula wouldn't make like. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could watch like a movie about Nebula. Like, sure, why not? But I wouldn't be like, oh boy, the Nebula movie's coming out. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, I wouldn't be like usually excited. I might even enjoy it afterwards yeah. and watch it yeah. again. But I wouldn't be like in the draw up to it. I wouldn't be like, finally, we're getting like you know a Nebula yeah. movie or a Nebula yeah. solo movie, or, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think they need like a female Tony Stark or just like. Um... Like I think they need something like that. Like it's okay that Gamora and and uh, uh, Nebula are have these this kind of a plot. That's fine. That's good. But like I think they need like a more typical like positive, you know, happy, funny. Um, I think they try to do it kind of with Mar- Captain Marvel, but like there's just things about her I think they miss. Like there's I think scene, in there's the a She-Hulk. Scene, there's, there's a scene where she's with. Uh, uh, with Cap, uh, Nick Fury and stuff, and he asks her to prove that she's not a scroll, and she literally just points her fist at a jukebox and blows it up. Then I'm like, "Bitch, why do you hate music? What's that about?" Like I'm just like, "There's just no." Like she's got a lot of like, hatred. She is she just like one seething pile of rage. Really, she's angry. I don't know. She is deeply, I, I incredibly angry. That whole movie. You think uh, Captain Marvel? Absolutely. Incandescently furious. She seems pretty happy. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Captain. Sorry, Trouble. that's that's. No, that's female body language for I am furious. Really? Yeah, that's why they keep telling her to calm down, despite the fact that she seems like, you know, like I, she could I fall thought, they, I thought they projected that. I actually like that. I didn't understand it at first, but uh, but that was my no, interpretation of it. Was extremely angry. They like they were afraid of her. That was what I thought. They were afraid of her. At they the were afraid of, movie, of her losing. The, like, the end of the movie is literally her letting herself go, and then exactly they, they've lost their control right of her. Them, and it's just like yeah, exactly it's the only positive thing, though. It's not like oh my god, she's so angry, and now her anger is flowing through her, and the universe will never be the same again. 
Well, that's just it. They they used her anger to control her. They use her anger, and you know they use her whole sort of anger. I mean, okay, yes, it's called gaslighting. Okay, they make her doubt her mental state, so they can control her. Yeah, they so like when she finally realizes who she is, so she gets back, so she gets her memory back. She discovers her powers. She knows who she is, and suddenly, like, she can express that anger. And of course, she expresses that anger like all over the uh, freaking. Oh, what do you call those blue bastards again? Uh, the the Cree. Uh, the crawl, the Cree. No, I, Cree. I, I thought yes. she was like generally a positive, happy kind of a person. And I thought they were trying to go for that. And I just thought every now and then they do these kind of things. Like, why do you blow up this guy's property to make a fucking point to some dude in a conversation? Like, there's this kind of, you know, and the, uh, well, this, the theft of the, mo- the motorcycle, too. I'm like, they just kind of make her into a less likable character. Well, Tiff called that just, uh, uh, lesbian rage. Yeah, well, good for good for her, I guess. But yeah, it, it's generally the I sensation, don't... from what she's told me, of like being a woman in society, and sort of lesbians being much more sort of feeling that acutely than uh, straight women do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to take her word on it, but um, but yeah, that was my interpretation, and that. Um, I don't think it was that we were trying to control the anger. I think it was just part of the gaslighting. And, you know, I really mm. like the end of that where the guy, uh, he's like, uh, it's Watson. Um, Dr. Oh, yeah. Watson. Yeah. What's his name? Jude, uh, what's Jude, his name? Law. Jude Law. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Yo, come on, one last time. You're going to fight me without your powers. and with, you're, gonna, you're nothing without them. And you can't control your rage. And like this, I think is like kind of the conclusion of the the dramatic, like thematic act, like the, the thematic action. I mean, yeah. Of like, because she is, and she just doesn't. It's like you know, he wants to do a normal fist fight. Like if you just <laughs> fisticuffs, let's just do a normal martial arts fight. Yeah, he'd always beat her in training. Right? And you're not, you're nothing if you can't beat me with your. If you have to use your superpowers to beat me, Captain Marvel, you have to beat me in hand-to-hand combat like a real human. She just says, you know what, fuck you. I don't have to live by <laughs> your standards. I'll just, like, she just shoots him with a laser. It's like, I have nothing to prove to people like you. You know, I, yeah. I really, I really liked, um, you know, that, that kind of energy of, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, yep. you know, it it reminds me of stuff I've been through where people like tell you what to think about it. And then it's just like, you know who needs me to believe this? You do. Yep. You know who doesn't need to believe this? Me. You know, hmm. you know who wasn't, didn't have anything to do with it? You know, I didn't like, and I really think, um, and it's true. Like sometimes it's like, that's what he's doing. It's true. So you're mm-hmm. nothing if you if you can't beat me with this fight. No, it's you who wanted to think that. It's you who projected that on yep. her. That's the whole so, I didn't so think if she was she, that it, angry, I don't know. She plays around with a kid, a lieutenant trouble. You know, I don't know. See, she the problem, I think they they have uh, they have dinner together, a nice uh, outback dinner. She seems like she's not angry. I don't know, but you know, maybe her lesbian rage is overriding. Her, well, there, uh, there you go. That's uh, that's the thing. It's like imagine process. imagine wearing itchy clothes your whole life and then finding out that you don't have to be itchy anymore. Yeah, I guess that is the. I mean, you know, you can go through life like in a in a slow simmering rage and not like understand why you're angry all the time. Yeah, that's just the metaphor of Captain Marvel right there. You know, itchy rage. But yeah, anyways, I. uh, Anything else you want to add? I think it's pretty much uh, we've gone pretty far. 
So uh, this is pretty comprehensive. I feel like this is more comprehensive than uh, when I analyzed Vasine Denken by uh, Martin Heidegger. Yeah, well, I can rant for a while about Marvel and shit. I don't know the reference. <laughs> by the way, I'm I don't know the reference. You're you're oh obscure German philosopher. Yeah, I've heard the name or, Heidegger before, but um, yeah, complete waste of time. Going to university and stuff, you know, and ninety percent of university I think could have been explained or taught more easily or more basically, and just the whole atmosphere gives it more gravitas than it kind of deserves. As a, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I mentioned that. Just because, <laughs> yeah, it's two thousand. No, that, that's what I love about it. Though. Talking, it sounds totally it sounds up. so impressive. You know, Martin Heidegger in his yeah. Was ein Denken. Yeah, that's that's a white German. man's name. So sophisticated. Right Martin Heidegger, right? white man's name. Yeah. Man, dude was a straight up Nazi too. Yeah. I mean, there's some arguments that maybe he was pressured into it, but you know what? You know who wasn't pressured into being a Nazi? Uh, like Albert Einstein? Yeah, yeah. That That's who I I'm was just thinking. it out there that, <laughs> like, you know, Martin Heidegger could have, like, fled Germany or well, otherwise sort of made himself scarce or, you know, done whatever. But instead, well, he stuck around and, yeah. I don't know. Well, the moral moralizations you can apply to history, man. I don't know. It's a big zero sum. But My yeah. point being is that he uh, wrote some very sort of exacting philosophy where, like, um, what was that? I did a presentation in class, right? Mm-hmm. And there were 20 points that we had to hit in this article, and we hit 18 of them. And oh. when we asked what we'd missed, and the teacher like showed us the two parts oh, that I we'd missed, and it was like, profs. well, that was just it, Not right? I mean, like, it, it seems like such a sort of, such a um, uh, airy-fairy kind of subject, right? But it was literally like, a rubric of bullet points it's like if um, if you're doing like software development these days guess what you're going to be filling out a lot of lists like peer reviews and detailed designs and stuff like that i mean it's all just like going through lists and tagging them off to make sure that you understood you know this guy's like bizarre sort of uh, way of thinking which is just like you know reading funk specs and shit these days you know here's this person who is very logical and very smart and has no way of expressing themselves in a clear calm straightforward fashion which is why I'm comparing it to our discussion of the Marvel's Avengers, because like the Marvel's Avengers are wonderful movies for communicating their subjects in like a clear and straightforward fashion. Oh yeah, they're meant to hit everybody, talk to everybody. Right. I I could show that to my parents. They'd 100% figure it out. I couldn't show them like yep. Star Trek Discovery. They'd just be like, I. They could. I mean, they kind of. Yeah. They, they'd get it. They're like, oh, it's a more realistic, you know. And now there's the black woman is the and she's not the captain but she's the main character you know like they figure it out well she's the like, captain now right she is at the end of the th- season three i uh, i love discovery i'm re-watching it now it's like it's mm-hmm. really good Apparently, it is good man. there's some like drama going on behind the scenes too but uh mm-hmm. so like the the showrunners are changing but i kind of don't know oh, okay. too much mm-hmm. i'm like okay season one is really dark and then season two is a lot more like those uh jj abrams movies mm-hmm. you know like more optimistic um, yep but you know and then I, there's the whole sort of uh was it third season with the whole um i love no, what do you call that thing season it really does explain the whole sort of artificial intelligence and you know general sort of low techness of the universe. Although it's kind of interesting, Star Trek has a really weird relationship with uh, science fiction. We should cover that next time. Yeah, we could. We or could not with science fiction, with uh, with discovery. Uh, machine sentience. 
No, like in the you know how they did it in Picard and Discovery and uh, you know just a whole bunch yeah. of other movies. Yeah, Bruce Maddox and his um, weird. Like you, if you thought that one episode of Next Generation would spawn an entire TV show, <laughs> like it's a very right? simple episode with like it, it's a filler episode. But the, no, it, the it's real still strength, I just the real strength of Star Trek's The Next Generation was to make really great uh, filler episodes that really just got down to the basic issues like is Data a human being or not or is he a machine and then like let's sit Good down and, man. and argue about it it's like well, we don't have much money it's not going to be any ships fighting other ships we don't want any makeup for alien races and like a lot of those episodes were just like they don't have the money they would put a bunch of money in like an adventurous episode and then they'd have like all these other ones where it's just like I don't know, Deanna mm-hmm. Troy, some alien comes on board the Enterprise and Troy becomes pregnant and you know, it's you know, you don't really understand what's happening. The fetus matures very quickly and then she gives birth, but it's not uh, Not everything can be in yeah. the pale moonlight. Yeah, that was a great episode, yeah, yeah. Um but then, like, it explains, oh, I was a cosmic entity that I came through the sun. I wanted to understand what it was like to be human <laughs> and how I came into the world the way you do, but I didn't want to hurt you. And, you know, it's these are, like, Star Trek-type episodes you would get. Yep. But they're, like, just truly cheap. It's, like, same set, same character is just, like... Um, same scuff marks from rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Star Trek had its, its stuff. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, um, so that's pretty much the end of it. Um, so Rob, you, uh, you work on your, your game, Titanomachina. Yes, on, uh, Titanomachina. Why don't you, you know, I, I've played a few games with you on a tabletop simulator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I find it pretty cool. I, I like to fly around the board and just drop my stuff my buildings in hard-to-reach places, and so far I've done pretty okay with it. But why don't you tell us about that? Uh, well, the game is about uh, giant robots smashing each other's smithereens. Excellent. Um, you're, you get to choose your giant robot, and uh, not just your giant robot, but your battlefield. So you got this whole strategy, right? You want to like design your giant robot with the right mix of like arms, legs, jump jets, shield generators, weapons, and yeah. so on. And, and you want to make sure... And you're building a deck. Hmm? You do it too. Yep. You know? Yeah, so the, the Titan's got his figure, it's got his deck yeah. of systems, and then it's got a little card where all the systems are located so you can see, you know, sort of where you're shooting out from and where incoming fire is coming. And so you play the cards to, to uh, activate the systems, and you modify it by any damage that's being done on your thing. You can keep track of, like, shields on there, so just yep. in case you need to yell, like, all power to forward shields, you can do that. Although, yep. you know, you may need to, uh, you know, a few crew members if you're going to do this. So yeah, the um, I I have made a change since uh, last played. Um, I've What's been that? rejig the uh, I've been rejigging all the cards, right? So I put like little symbols on all the cards rather than um, rather than just words. And uh, that's good. So part of that, yeah, part of that has been that um, I sort of rejigged some of the points values for them, just to like you know sort You're of balancing uh, see if I can... stuff. Yep. Yeah, just a little bit of sort of yeah. balancing here and there because the system of balancing that I've done, there's a lot of like numbers that are essentially yeah. rounded up or down depending on like, you know, sort of the relative feel of it. But, you know, there's a formula behind it. And so, you know, rounding these things up and down, 
I also decided that um, we should round down the amount of, uh, what do you call those things, amount of buildings that each player gets. So going down from 80 points to 70 points total. And so each player... So that's uh, player like the starting, the starting uh, yep. buildings you have available. Okay. Yep. So yeah, well, like not you just have, the starting like buildings you, you have available. Yeah. Not yeah. just the starting buildings that you had available, but it turns out we may or may not have done it ever so slightly wrong, but the total number of buildings you have available. Uh-huh. So you so the limit is um, if you bring in seventy points, if you bring ten buildings, that's the maximum number of buildings you can have on the board at any time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, that was. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering about that. So going through the rules and being like, how did that happen? Was I playing it wrong? Yes, I was playing it wrong. Turns out. However, um, I still think like running around and like dumping buildings is still a great strategy. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a lot it's easier chip, than trying to break the, the other maneuver. guy. Yeah. No, the way I interpret, I interpret it kind of like a Hearthstone match, and in a lot of ways I do, I still kind of play it like a card game, and I don't really get a lot of the, the calculations in in terms, of like a lot of times I'll just hit you and I'll be like, okay, what am I hitting? Because like I, I can't do all the, the calculations well, the, with it. But, the basis um, of the game is to have like, um, is to have a direction so you have like you have, your you have your corners and stuff yeah. and you have like arcs so you it, the whole thing is a big machine oh, i, 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 I want to make it. sure that everything yeah. is all lined up very yeah. nicely and you know once you have yeah. it all lined up it's kind of like a you know what an engine builder game is danny uh not like, specifically uh, like an well, like Settle, settlers of Catan is an engine builder so you, you build up oh, this yeah. engine builds you the that wins you the game right like a resource and so producing idea, engine is the idea yeah Oh yeah, exactly. And so this is uh, the this is the opposite. You have your machine, and you want to uh, break the other guy's machine first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to um, use your use your resources in a very you know in a very, very clever way. Yeah, yes. like you have to like you play a card, and then somebody else plays a card, and then you play a card, and you have to watch the. Uh, the the flow of one card into the other i'm not i'm not the best at it so i'm probably not the best to judge but the way i came up with the strategy of just running across a map and just dropping uh buildings and victory points wherever i could uh was just like using like the the kind of like tempo you would have like the concept of tempo from hearthstone where i mm-hmm. figure if i put down more victory points i'm further ahead than of you so you have to either take them down or put up your own victory points. But if I put mine down first, then you are reacting to me, and you would have to. Um, the other thing that you could do is walk into my area and start destroying a bunch of mine, my ah, victory see. points. But um, but then you can just also go into theirs and break theirs, and as long as you have a one-to-one kind of victory point ratio. And that was, you know, like you should actually come out on top. Because anything mm-hmm. that you have to do, if they have to come to stop you from what you're doing, then they're wasting cards and time and turns to go and do that. And it's just kind of a tempo, strategic kind of generalized value thinking that I applied. But um, but yeah, no, I it, it was a it was a very successful strategy. Um, well, that's one of the reasons. You know? That's one of the reasons why I've rebuilt uh, some of the things slightly. So I the rules so I lose next time. Right? That's what yep. we do as game designers. We have to design these things so we win. I mean, how else are we going to get our jollies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, the, the weapon configurations, I did change those. So I figured out how to sort of fit the... So the files can only be about two 
2 megabytes to upload them. So I hadn't been able to shrink down the plasma weapons properly to fit them onto the whole model to, yeah, to upload them. But I figured out how to do it without making them too janky looking. And so I refitted uh, a whole bunch of stuff. So um, I put, uh, so Tethys, for example, now has two guns, a macro laser and a claw in her main configuration. And uh, what's his name? What's her name? Uh, Rhea, the yellow one, has two laser batteries, macro gun and a hand. So she's less of a wrestler and has more like opportunity to deliver actual pain to the to the opponent. I see. Um, oh, and well, uh, Eos. Eos has two plasma howitzers now. The really? biggest, boomiest boom gun in the game. Yeah, these things will like fuck you up from five squares away. And he's got two of them with four arms. Well, sounds good. You can find that uh, in Titanomachina on uh, tabletop in uh, tabletop simulator. I played yeah, it on the Steam Workshop. I, I have names for all the crew. And um, <laughs> like yes. one of them is Shuri from in the, from like uh, Black uh, yes. Panther. Cause she one I call exactly. Flora. I've, there's one who has like a side of her hair. It's like a long-haired woman with a side of her hair shaved. Oh, uh, but yeah. I've never known what to call her. I figured it out. She's Lieutenant Detmer. Lieutenant, oh, from yeah, Discover. you're right. From <laughs> She's got the augment, so she has to shave her side of her hair. Detmer. Yeah, Lieutenant Detmer. Lieutenant Detmer. Yeah. Oh, and I'm there's everyone's favorite so like, um, so like all the characters, I'm getting oh, all their yeah. names. Like the black woman is Owoshikan, and I'm like, uh, oh, oh, I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I didn't remember that one. But uh, oh, I'm uh, if you just everybody sort of in the later seasons at least calls her Owo, just a short. Yeah, Owo. But, you know, it's 10 area. And like, yeah, I really like that show. But anyway, it it's, it's been great. Thanks for coming on, Rob. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. I don't know. Thank but, you very uh, much, Danny. Uh, yeah, totally. For sure. Check out Titan Omishina, a tabletop simulator, and I'll uh, check you dudes later. Peace. Peace.